You're listening to the General Geekery Podcast. Hey, it's JD here. Alright, so we had Jason uh, from Warriors of the Animal Kingdom Kickstarter on the show with us uh, to promote the show, but the day after we had him on the show, uh, the Kickstarter funded, so they're under the stretch goals now. This is the third of the three pod, uh, the three uh, guys who are promoting Kickstarters that we've had on with us, where uh, they made the goal within a day of us of being on our show. So Brian and I have chosen to take full credit for that. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode, insert your favorite number here, of General Geekery. Uh, with me, as always, is JD. Hello. And with us sometimes, is as with us as sometimes, is uh, Jimbo. Hey, hello again. And uh, we got a guest tonight, which is nice, and that is Jason. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. You bet. And we are here tonight uh, to talk about your Kickstarter. So why don't you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? That that my intro was as professional as I'm going to be from now. Uh, I can't last any longer pretending to be professional. Um, and, and we haven't started pretending yet, so we're good go. company. Um, yeah, we're we're uh, we're starting our last week. What's that? What's the latest total right here, right now? What's the total? Let me let me look. I have a I have my little pad pulled up here. Let's see. We're at ninety six percent at sixty two thousand four hundred and sixty seven dollars. So Damn, we're 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 rubbing all up on that goal right now. Boy, yeah, you're just right so, on the cusp there, huh? And so tell us what the Kickstarter is. So yeah, the. Uh, this is our first action figure Kickstarter. It's called Animal Warriors of the Kingdom Series 1. It's actually based on my first graphic novel featuring an albino ape named Pale who discovers whenever he defeats an enemy, he absorbs their power. The catch is that their ghost gets attached to him. So as he's getting progressively more powerful, he's starting to kind of get mentally compromised by these ghosts that are trying to corrupt them and turn him from a hero into a villain. Um, so Wave One has a lot of safe, uh, a lot of monkey type figures in it, but we also have canine and feline figures as well. Um, we we 
I totally forgot what I was saying. I, I lost my train of thought. Um, we tried to infuse a lot of the stuff that we grew, grew up with in the 80s, you know, trying to have that kind of fun 90s and 80s feel. And uh, the uh, the initial stretch goal has six six toys, but each toy includes two heads so that you can potentially make two different characters with it. So it kind of adds a little bit of extra value. Um, all the armors are removable, so you can mix and match your armor, uh, further customizing the figures that are already available. And uh, finally, as, as far as now, as far as where we're at now, we also offer blank figures that aren't painted, and those actually come with two heads as well. So, um, and removable, I'm sorry, uh, we also have armor packs and weapon packs. So there's a lot of variety. You can almost kind of make your own characters and stuff. Excellent. I mean, it sounds like we're getting pretty close to getting funded there, yeah? Yeah, we're super close, and we're not taking anything for granted, you know. Uh, we would like to encourage people that are on the fence about backing to back it now as opposed to after we make goal. With the, with ba we basically have eight days left right now, and uh, we can really kind of start hammering away at those stretch goals so we can unlock additional figures. <coughs> uh, I want Stinkor. Uh, what? I Who's don't care Stink what you're calling him. Stinkor. He is Stinkor, and damn it, I need one. You know what? I think I I'm on the fence, but I feel like... Hey, how's it going, sweetie? Hi, Elizabeth. Playing game? Ah, Talk cute. Ah, you're so cute. Um... I feel like some Chipotle. Chip, I can't say it. What is it? Chipotle. Thank you, God. I couldn't get that out of my face. You know what? I, I remember getting um, Stinkor and Mossman when I was little, and they smelled so weird. Like it was such an odd smell that I still have a, an aversion to patchouli now. It's bizarre. Uh, it was amazing. I opened it, and it was the greatest. It, it was the greatest thing. He's my favorite Masters of the Universe character. I was really partial really to Mothman, too, because Mothman you know, was weird. It felt weird. It smelled weird. I loved it. Hi. So funny. You know, we go to comic conventions all the time, and we take turns kind of walking around when we're not at our booth to just kind of check out, see what's going on. And they had a whole setup of all the old vintage figures, and I remember... Um, this was like two or three weeks ago. I, I found a stink ore and I picked him up and sure enough, he still smelled. And it's funny cause they put that cologne or whatever it's called in the, in the plastic. So now the plastic's got kind of like a greasy texture to it. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> they had Thundercats <laughs> and everything. Cool. All right. Someone's thing. Sorry, with me. It's a shame, man. Uh, you know, stinky hippie women are, are kind of loose generally, so you've missed out on a lot of uh, opportunities by passing over that over, man. <laughs> so <laughs> then, what's what's your plans for the for the Kickstarter? Then, I mean, if you, I mean, you plan in a series two, or I mean, what's your eventual goals here? Right. Well, uh, so we're gonna get this series funded, and we'll have. Uh, We'll probably have additional figures in this series 
that we'll do uh, pre-orders for. And then after that, we'd like to do a follow-up Kickstarter for Series 2, which we're going to allow the backers to vote for. There'll, there'll be two species they can vote for. It'll be either reptile slash amphibian, uh, birds or bats, or the female characters from, from what we have now, which would be uh, ape, feline, and canine. So we're gonna we're gonna allow the backers to pick which ones which one of those two they want. That's cool. Oh man. Yeah, I mean the lines for the fans. So I mean we we want to we want to make sure they're getting what they want. You know. Um, another cool thing that I, I wanted to mention was someone selected the creator figure award, and they said they want to do a tiger, and they have they have a head in mind and the armor in mind. But they said that they were going to let the fans pick uh, two of the weapons and the alternate head. So uh, it's kind of cool that our our fan base, or we call it our tribe, is kind of building their own community just in the short time that we've, you know, had the Kickstarter running. It's it's one of those things where it's exciting because we know that people are invested in it and already starting to enjoy the line. Now, isn't this yeah. the second time that you've tried to run the Kickstarter for this? Right. This is our second try at this particular line. Um, I think I think one of the drawbacks of the first line was all the armor was basically sculpted onto the toys. So we took all the advice that everyone gave us that they wanted to see, all the revisions that they wanted us to make. We basically did every single one of those and added on to that. Um, and I think having that removable armor and being able to switch out the heads really added so much value. Um, one of the things that people wanted was they didn't want just gorillas and apes. They wanted to have some you know, canine and feline characters. So we went ahead and made sure to do that this time. And one of the things that I kind of came up with, thinking about tooling production and trying to get as much bang for our buck as possible was taking the spear that we that we had and making it basically a, a three-weapon type of combo where it, if you keep it as a spear, it's one weapon. If you pull it apart, you have a staff and uh, a dagger. So you can do a couple of different things with that. And another thing that's nice about it is uh, when we start doing kind of more magical-based figures, we can add a, a, a magical effect to the tip of the, to the tip of the spear. Nice. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, this being your second Kickstarter, and it seems like it's going to get funded, so hats off to you for that. What, yeah, what no, made it, what, what was it, you know, was it a change in the product that seems to be, or was it like technical stuff that seemed to hang you up the first time? I, I know uh, there's a lot know, of people that are wanting I, to do Kickstarters, and they're, they're looking for advice on, on how to get it started right. Um, I think people like to simplify stuff, and honestly, it was a combination of all three of those things. Um, a lot of people will see whenever they're trying to make a Kickstarter that you should be preparing months and months ahead of time. I basically took a whole year uh, and totally revamped the figures. They're com- they were just completely new. We redesigned. We designed three sets of armor that can be mixed and matched with other you know, with different figures as well as each other. They look they look great mixed and matched with each other. 
they fit on the, the Vitruvian hacks figures and some GI Joes. So we wanted to really uh, think about the crossplay potential for these these figures, since everyone oh, we all look at the scale. Right, heads are swappable. They're they're in a smaller scale now, so they really they really fit in and, and complement other action figures in that scale. I mean, you you engineered them so that they are straight out swappable with proving hacks, right? Correct. That's right. That's correct. Um, and it was just one of those things where we were like, okay, we, we love those guys. They've been so nice to us and really supportive. And that line is made for customization. So we figured, you know, let's make it a little bit easier on the customizer and just make the hole in the head the same diameter as the, that hacks, the hacks head. Um, and, you know, is anyone that's interested in doing a Kickstarter, I think one of the things that we didn't do very well the first time was having really well-thought-out update content. So yeah. this time, about three months before we launched a Kickstarter, I started planning out, what do I want my updates to include? And um, so we try to really just jam-pack each update with all kind of info and and keep our current backers excited about what's coming up as well as anyone that might be on the fence. Um, we're going to, on, on Monday, we're going to be unveiling our Kickstarter exclusive, which will be the last basic four inch figure. And then on from there, we're going to be unveiling our deluxe figures. We've already done one deluxe figure, but we're really excited about the other army builder deluxe figures that we have. Excellent. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot more thought that went into it maybe this time. Although right, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the first one was, you know, I'm not going to say I wasn't disappointed, but I, I learned so much from it, and uh, I, I, I really feel like we just made the product so much better. And, okay, you hear matter. What's the matter? I mean, I need me some of them gorillas, y'all. I'll let you throw yeah. in. You know, what's funny, Jose was sending me uh, sculpt approvals last night, and I was just geeking out about how awesome the, the armor looks for the for the Army Builder Gorillas. They look really, really cool. Um, well, I didn't. Uh, well, I admit the first time, that was one of the things, was they were you know mostly the Simeon-type characters. I'm like, mm, I, I liked a couple of them. But um, yep. I just kept looking at it thinking, well, it's just kind of Planet of the Apes, which is okay, but it's not necessarily my forte. Um, um, I mean, I like the movies, but I didn't need a whole toy line. But then I saw all these yeah. that are mixed up. And, you know, you got, the, you got the wolf guy and, you know, Stinkor and Lion-O. And, again, I don't care what you guys are calling them. That's what they are. <laughs> and, you know, Funny. I'm like, oh. I could totally get into this. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really makes sense because if you read the comic book, we have a ton of different animals in the comics, so it, it just it made sense to really represent those other species in the first series, you know. And and it was a really it was really good advice by our backers on the first ki on the first uh, Kickstarter, you know. Um, did uh, um, so you definitely have plans for uh, further waves and i mean is it going to be kind of one of those where if this funds this gets made and then you'll put uh you'll put 
um, future waves on Kickstarter too, or do you think it'll? Uh, you think you'll? You know, it's possible you'll make enough to move ahead with the you know second wave, only because you know I don't know I how overwhelming something like this is. Well, you know, um, you, you never really know what a what the what's going to happen in the last forty eight hours. But we've been kind of following the same projection that articulated icons did, where they like just they like just made goal maybe three or four days before the Kickstarter ended, and then it really took off. So if that's the case, we'll have a little bit of, of a little bit of extra money to go ahead and start working on the the figure sculpts for the next series. Uh, that that would be ideal for us. If that's not the case, we want to do one more Kickstarter for Series 2, which will give us uh, either the birds, bats, or reptiles and amphibians. And we feel after that we'll have, we'll have enough figures to where we can kind of just do the pre-order model that Boss Fight does now. Uh, and I, th- I think there might be some other lines that are doing it. I just can't, I can't uh, think of them right now. So we kind of have a game plan for either scenario right now. Um, Ooh, ideally, ideally cool. yeah, we'll make enough. And and you know, if you look at our stretch goals, they're all really reasonable. I mean, you're going to get Thane at like 167,000, and and I, I mean, I really think that's totally doable, especially with nine days left. You know, or is it eight days? I don't remember. It's around that time, but uh, and. Not a, no one else besides Brandon and I have really handled the figures, but uh, Brandon and I, we just couldn't get over how well they're put together. They feel so nice and solid, and uh, they're just really, really fun to play with. Did you decide whether to have your samples be at JoeCon or not? You know, uh, we actually have another convention that we're going to be at at the same time as JoeCon, so we decided to go ahead and take them to that one. So that we okay. could show them off. Um, it was just it was just a, a decision uh, on my part. Uh, I'm hoping John will have some of the um, some of the the unpainted ones at, at JoeCon. I'm not sure. I know he's probably stressed out trying to get ready for the convention right now. So uh, I'll probably touch base with him tomorrow morning and see if there's going to be any figures to show off over there. Is is the other convention? Uh, why that one? Is it more general, or is it closer to home, or you know, so easier access? I'm just curious. I uh, I can't do long distance travel, so I you know I just wonder what other people's reasoning is. Well, we're we're flying there. It's in it's in Charlotte, North Carolina, but uh, it's probably the biggest convention on the on the East Coast. It's oh, a, okay. It's a huge convention. Um, and basically, we wanted to be able to, to talk the product up ourselves. And uh, well, I mean, uh, convention that big uh, that you can get your uh, that you can get uh, these Animal Kingdom figures out in front of thousands and thousands of eyes versus right. Be- uh, yeah, uh, there's a no-brainer. Um, well, it's probably going to be you know fifty thousand people there over the course of three days. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe more, so... Uh, well, we think just, of it this way. No doubt uh, it'll be a hell of a lot cheaper to do that one than Joe Con. I mean, 
know, the old Disney thing. I'm like, wow, that's just. Uh, I people cost people an arm and a leg, and that's long before they buy anything. Right. Well, I, I just I'm gonna not comment on that. Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean that's half my reasoning. I mean, I, I you know I don't fly anyways, but um, but yeah, uh, you know, even if I was even if I was local or you know driving distance, yeah, that's a whole lot. Um, but uh, what's the convention? you're going to called i mean if it's that big i just wonder if it's something i've heard about in passing sure yeah it's it's called uh charlotte's heroes con oh i've heard it oh all right yeah i've it, definitely heard it's of a that. fantastic convention um and this is our really busy season the summer's our, our really busy comic season so uh we we had planned out that particular convention probably three or four months ago, maybe longer. Um, a lot of these conventions are really hard to get into, so once we get in, usually we, we book our convention as soon as it's available. Um, it, we didn't get into Dragon Con this year because we waited 30 minutes to try to, to get in, you know, so... No, um, whoops. Kind of have to jump on it as soon as it gets available. But, uh, you know, we'll... we'll We'll be at JoeCon next year. We'll have actual figures and stuff to show off, and it'll be fun to actually get to go to one. I've never gone to one myself. It's kind of kicking myself for not going to the one in New Orleans because we live, you know, two hours away from New Orleans. Um, yeah, I was I annoyed that the, they finally had uh, it in my area, and it was the same weekend as Denver Comic Con, which, you know, I just, it's like there was too many people at Denver Comic Con that I wanted to meet. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I heard uh, Marauder's Task Force isn't going to be able to make it either, so... Uh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, ow. Lost Flight. What's that? I'm sorry. Yeah, I saw that... Lost uh, Flight isn't going either. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Wait, Boss Fight's not going to JoeCon either? Wow. I, I, You know what? I, I think everyone should just, just stay home, go on Kickstarter, order you some Animal Warriors. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah. Get in on that ground floor, you know. Uh, you I made I, I I made one joke on. I went to the one in 2006. The first time it was in New Orleans, and it was fun. Um, but at the time, uh, you know, I had the money to go. I had a lot less going on uh, with real life stuff. Um, sure, you know, I had more money, and uh, you know, it was it was a city that I I all. I already wanted to go to. So that made the decision pretty easy where honestly, most of the one since, even if I could afford to travel there, which, you know, due to circumstances, I, I, you know, airfare is out of the price range, but a lot of them were in areas that I'm just like, yeah, I don't, they don't have the appeal that a place like New Orleans had. So, yeah, New Orleans is so much to see and do. Even if you're, you know, if you if you want to get out and stretch your legs after the convention or something, you you got all kind of stuff to do. So I, I or, understand that. Or if you want to go drinking at a haunted pirate bar that's 200 years right. old, uh, that's what we did. Uh, that's where I met uh, uh, guys like James Kavanaugh, and uh, and uh, you know I met General Hawk there, and I met uh, Fred from Joe Battlelines there. Oh yeah, uh, dozens That's and awesome. dozens of other collectors, and you know it was awesome. And then, 
<clears throat> for a few years, they had the Canadian Joe Con up here, uh, which I used to go to because it was about an hour and a half away. Uh, but then, you know, they ran into some problems. And, you know, uh, next month I'm going to uh, TFCon. That's a uh, Transformers convention right outside of Toronto. I'm going oh, for that. Cool. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to, I mean, there's going to be a couple of voice actors there, but mostly I'm just, you know, going there to hang out. So, right, um, right. Yeah. But it's cool. Like, <clears throat> conventions that are in driving distance, I can do, but, you know, airfare, it's just, you know, it's just, it's yeah. out of the realm of possibility these days. It, it makes it hard. And, and, um, you know, this Charlotte is one of the few conventions that we will fly to. Um, we we just do really really well there. You know, it's a I huge. I was gonna say that's huge. So yeah, um, you know, like like I said, I'm from Louisiana and we, and we do New Orleans HeroCon every year, but this year everyone was literally freezing cold. It, it was 28 degrees the whole time, and we're just not built for that. We just we didn't know what to, <laughs> no one knew what to do with themselves. We were all like huddling and shivering, going like, "What is going on here?" We normally wear shorts at this time of year. Yeah, that's that's that point where you're hoping for some global warming, but you know. Yeah, it's a, hope, hope aside. But uh, yeah, you know, we feel really good about it. Uh, I, I'm not gonna say there wasn't a few stressful moments during the campaign, but I, I, if you're not a rock star, I think that's kind of you know expected with, with the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. So, uh, um. Hopefully next time people have the product in hand, they'll be like, okay, we know this is cool, this is awesome, let's let's get this bad boy backed and, and get our stretch goals going, you know? Yeah, definitely, well, I mean, once you have product I'm glad in hand. This time, uh, you know, this time it's going better, and, you know, I mean, it's getting fun, I mean, only eight days, and then got the stretch goal, so, I mean, yeah, it's on that just, I just think it's the coolest thing that it didn't fun the first time but you took all kinds of feedback and all kinds of input from people and you changed you changed the plans and the way you did it like it's cool that you got that kind of input and you know that'll go a long way uh, goodwill in the community so right exactly you know you know uh, Eric from Four Horsemen and I have been talking private messaging, you know, and, and I told him, I said, you know, I'm trying not to geek out here, but I'm, I'm kind of failing that you, you know, you're sharing my, my stuff and, and he gave me advice and, and they, all, all guys of boss fight have given me fantastic advice. Anytime I have some sort of question, you know, I'll ask Eric and Katrina and they'll bend over backwards helping me and, and they're all fantastic. And it, it's such a small community of, these indie creators that we we all legitimately want everyone to do well because yeah it's the, awesome you know if we all do well then then this market can thrive and we'll continue to make awesome toys you know i mean i, I don't know about you guys but i i didn't realize how spoiled we were in 2012 and 11 when we were getting these amazing gi joes and no shit all, all of a sudden this uh, the, the the four-inch market just completely dried up, and we're sitting here thinking, uh, you know. Well, Brian and I always, Brian and I always say that the future in 
three and three quarter inch figures that you know are up to the standards that collectors want is in crowdfunding because yeah, absolutely the big really? companies the big companies aren't doing the highly articulated stuff anymore. I mean, the Star Wars line now is a hell of a lot different than the Star Wars line of. You know, 2007, 2008, 2000, you know, all the way up to, like, you know, 2013. Right. I, I mean, they, they totally dropped the ball, and luckily we, we're going to fill the gap and, and listen to the fans. We, we appreciate the fans, and we want to make toys that we would want to play with, you know? And that's the only way that we're going to get. Right. That's the only yeah, way we're going to get the stuff we want. Exactly, and you know, whenever whenever we put these figures together, I had a checklist of stuff as a collector that I was like, "This stuff needs to happen," and we're not going to compromise on it. You know? Yeah, definitely. I, that's we've been saying this the whole time since we've been back on the on the podcast. We've had several other people that have you know, like the Ramco guys were on here, and then uh, the Hell Screamer. Uh, was on here we've you know anybody just about everybody that's had a kickstarter going since we've been back we've had on the show because this uh, i am convinced that this is the only way to get decent three and three and quarter inch action figures anymore is through crowdfunding i mean there's where does where is gi joe where is you know what happened to the star wars stuff i mean nobody and you know what mattel was making i mean the 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 multiverse figures, they didn't look good on the package, but once you got them in hand, they were actually decent figures. And Mattel said, right. fuck it, we're done with those. And where is what is happening to the three and three quarter inch market? It's dried up is the, is the best way to put that, like you said. And it's, I, I can't figure out why. You know what? I don't, I don't even want to try to figure out why. I'll, you know, you're saying it's this, this indie is the way to go. And we live in such a special time that small companies like us who actually care are able to bring superior products to the to the to the consumers. You know, it's it's a really cool time, and it's exciting for. I think it's exciting for collectors and creators alike. Um, it's just, I mean, they dropped the ball, and you know, best of luck. You know, I love, I love, I still love getting retail action figures and everything. But um, like you said, I, I really think the future of this scale is with indie creators, and we're going to continue to to make great product and and listen to what fans really want. And, and speaking of the other other toy companies, I did all the Pantone colors, the color selection for the Eagle Force figures. Ah, uh, all right. So to kind of see some sneak peeks of those, and I did the nice. I did the packaging artwork for Dime Novel Legends. So we all know each other, you know. Yeah, we uh, had the JD and I both backed the uh, Eagle Force Kickstarter. Oh man, it's such a cool line. I mean, yeah, had those oh, guys man, on. I'm, I'm had totally one of those army guys building on the those show. figures. They're really, really cool. Um, and, and, you have. Any uh, input on the uh, the new what is it? Amazing Heroes, the superheroes. Um, card art for those or anything? Uh, I am actually. Uh, awesome. I, I'm trying to think what exactly we had talked about. 
uh, Bill and I, he knows that I'm kind of busy with this Kickstarter right now, and we said we'd just kind of touch base after and I'll uh, set up exactly what he wants to do. Um, and I'll probably wind up doing the Pantone selections for that also. He started doing uh, the Series 2 in that five-point articulated kind of retro style, and he messaged me and said, you know, I'm kind of on the fence. I, I, I want to do them in this style where it's like the modern articulation. And he sent me images of it, and I was just like, oh, my God, you have to do that, you know? They just look so cool. And then he, then he started showing the sneak peeks of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we all we all talk to each other and help each other out. And he was messaging uh, uh, me. Uh, uh, can you tell me how many more figures there are in that line than what he's shown? I think the last one we saw was um, the last one I saw was the, the the jungle guy, the guy that's like like Kazar Tarzan. I I think he actually showed all the figures that are in the in the initial offering. Um, four, right? I I can either confirm or deny that. But there's more, right? <laughs> can either confirm or deny that. Uh. I'm taking that as a yes. You're going to be doing the sectars as well? I'm sorry, say again? You're going to do the sectars as well? You know what? I haven't talked to Craig about it. I would love to, just like for bragging rights. Right. But um, I really haven't talked to him about it. It's You know, it's funny. I remember those Those were one of the few figures that creeped me out when I was a kid, like the bugs, like the they're they're. they're, they're Whatever they are, they're the creatures that they wrote creep me out when I was little. Probably like seven or eight when those came out. Yeah, you were a kid. Was, yeah. Yeah, Jimbo. Jimbo's like fifty-five, so you know he, he doesn't. He played with ten toys when he was a kid. It's getting close to your bedtime. Rocks, man. <laughs> yeah. He's Probably got brain damage from eating the lead paint off of him, too. Yeah. I'll say, yeah, him and his friends, they played kick the can and shit, so. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that he predates Sesame Street, but. Yeah. You know, they were there when they invented kick uh, dodgeball, because that was the first time that they had a ball. Like, this round thing, dude. Let's throw it at each other, man. Uh, it wasn't a ball, it was like a severed head at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, original, the original one was Big Rock. Is he where you're going? Rocks <laughs> yes. it, was a, it was a brick wrapped in, rubble, in bubble wrap that so wouldn't hurt you as much. It was, it was Dodge Rock back then. There you go. <laughs> like that. It's so cool downstairs. Oh, man. Well, I, I think the kiddo is getting a little impatient. She's Have you fed her? And feed your kids, oh, yeah. man. She's eating already. She's eating way. I think she just wants to hang out. And... Yeah, you know what? The fact is, she's a kid, and kids don't understand the concept of, I'm on the phone. So Right. right. Um, she's but, she's uh, doing now, uh, Jason, thanks for coming on. It, it was oh, nice yeah. talking to you. Thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you thanks, know, I'd love, to come, I'd love to come back on and, and, and do a, a victory follow-up. Absolutely. Maybe a, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do like an after action report episode, definitely. That yeah. sounds great, guys. Cool deal, man. Well, thank y'all so much for having me on, and uh, I'll talk to y'all soon. All right. See you later, man. Bye. All right. So that was uh, Jason from um, Animal Warriors Kingdom Kickstarter. So if you haven't backed that yet or are on the fence, go ahead and get on Kickstarter, take a look at that, and throw some money his way. Oh, yeah. I'm in for one of everything, 290 bucks for shipping. Really? That's not bad at all. It's a, it's a 15 figures, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I probably spent more than that in the first Vitruvian hacks and didn't even come close to to doing the all-in, so I think that's an awesome price for for that many figures. Yeah, I would say that, that's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, what else were we going to talk about tonight, then? Um... Well, there's a couple movies. of movies that came out um, that, uh, yeah, we, we should discuss those because, holy shit. Yeah, so I just went and did a double feature yesterday. And That's went, some stamina there, buddy. That's some fortitude. Yeah. I uh, went to see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I'm happy is still in the theaters because I've been out of the country for the last month. Um. And thought that was absolutely fantastic. Um, then you yeah, saw but, Wonder Woman, right? What's that? Then you saw Wonder Woman, right? Yeah, then we went to see Wonder Woman afterwards. Alright, before we start picking them apart, which one do you think was the better movie? Um, just being a Marvel, more of a Marvel guy, I'm going to go Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm... Right. I thought Wonder Woman was great. I think it's probably one of the DC's best films to date. But, you know, it's like Emily keeps saying, she's getting tired of seeing dark DC movies, and I gotta kind of agree with her. They're just really... You know, the cinematography, the the lighting, the the whole mood of the, the movie, it just, you know, it, I don't know. It's It's getting old. Yeah, and like Emily says, it it wasn't as emotional. She she said that this was the first time that she's seen Wonder Woman, but it was the second time she's she's seen Guardians of the Galaxy too, and she still was crying when Yondu died. Just a little bit, just a little bit. She says, but yeah, she was still um, tearing up when Yondu died. You know, for the second time. Yeah, well, I cried when Yondu died too. That that shit sucked. Yeah. So, I, I I am one of the few people that I will not, I'm not all DC, I'm not all Marvel, I'll go to any comic book, just about any comic book movie, just because I like comic book movies. I mean, I grew up watching Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, I got nothing against it, so I'm, I was excited to go see it, and I thought, uh, I thought the gal that... I can't ever pronounce her last name. Gail Gadot. Gail Gadot. She is Wonder Woman. She fucking rocks that role. She absolutely. is absolutely incredible. I gotta and, admit, I was I was really wanting... I wasn't... 
you know, I wasn't greatly impressed by her in, in Batman vs Superman just because there wasn't a whole lot that she did, right? right. I was gonna say she wasn't in it all I, that much. I uh, um, I was really, 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 really want Gina Carano to get the role just because I really like her physique, man. She looks like the way Alex Ross paints Wonder Woman. Uh, right? uh, in my know, opinion, she's, she's too big. She's too nah, big for Wonder Woman. Nah. She was great as uh, whoever the fuck she was supposed to be in Deadpool, but that nah, I think she's too massive to play Wonder Woman. I mean, uh, that's just. That's just me, but... And, you know, um, as many costume in, uh, iterations as Wonder Woman's had over the years, I think the one for the movies is my favorite so far. I really like um, the, the the like pseudo-armor that she has. Yeah, realistic yeah. look. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think Gina Carano would be a great She-Hulk, but uh, not Wonder Woman. Um, but... Um, Wonder Woman, I knew it was going to kick ass, but I underestimated uh, how great it would be. Um, uh, Beginning to end, uh, I was taken with it, and this thing almost, almost rivals uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, as I think one of my favorite... uh, uh, let's take a comic book character and put him in a real life situation or a real life world event, and uh, I think it. I think they made it work. Uh, yeah, I think it. I think it did do that for. And you know, I just I absolutely detest the new Star Trek, and I, so I'm not a big fan of Chris Pine. But I thought his portrayal of that char- of um, Steve was. Spot on. I thought he did it. Yeah, he did job. a good job. I I haven't seen him in anything but the Star Trek movies. No, um, I. I kind of figured he he wouldn't have gotten the role if he didn't have some range. But I wasn't sure um, if I would just keep seeing him as as Kirk. But no, I didn't. Like he absolutely played this character, Steve Trevor. I mean, I yeah have absolutely no idea who that character is. Uh, he could be made up for the movie. I, I don't no, know. No, it's, it's, it's a pre-existing character. Um, but, you know, but, and I, uh, I, I, I thought his acting was... Excellent. I thought he... Um, I thought he was... I'm going to say I thought he did a better job than she did as far as acting um, goes. I, uh, yeah, he, he was great. Um, I mean, I love her as Wonder Woman. I mean, she's awesome. But... You know what? My absolute biggest surprise about this was, and as soon as I showed up, as soon as she showed up on on the screen, and it wasn't even a close up, um, uh, I they they showed her from a little bit of a distance, but it was enough to make her recognizable. And I yelled out, "Is that Jenny? Like from Forrest Gump?" Oh right. my god! I had no idea that Robin Wright could play a badass warrior. I never ever would have expected that. I had no idea, because besides Jenny, I've only ever seen her in sort of emotional, you know, like, support roles and you know, you things like that. Bride? What? You haven't seen The Princess Bride? Uh, besides that, I'm talking about, I'm talking, um, and yeah, she was hardly playing a badass in that, okay? She was playing, you know, a, a fabled princess. Um, no, I'm talking about 
uh, like a sword wielding. Not the damsel uh, in distress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I never imagined she would have been able to pull off a part like that. Uh, you know, so I didn't, and she was awesome. And it's really sad that she only had a little bit of screen time because, um, uh, damn, she was good in that role. I did read yeah, she's confirmed. Justice League. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I did read she's confirmed to appear in Justice League, so that's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, I was just shocked, you know, playing the trainer for the Amazons. I'm like, damn, she was really spectacular in that role. And, um, but really, everybody in the cast, uh, you know, I got no complaints because, uh, uh, Saeed, uh, what's the name? Tagamo, uh, yeah, I don't know. He played Breaker in G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. And I liked him ah. in that, and I've seen him in other roles that I liked him in, and I really liked him in this part. Um, and I mean, everybody in this movie was good. Uh, the guy that played the, I don't know, the Scotsman. I've seen him in other Scott. stuff, and yeah, he's great at playing a doof. Uh, but you know, he wasn't a doof here. He was actually, you know, uh, you see, he, you know, came off as doofy at first, but. You know, even he showed some range. I, I absolutely loved the movie, and uh, I was kind of shocked that Ares actually appeared because I thought they might sort of wimp out on that and just have humans running around sort of channeling him. Uh, yeah. I didn't actually expect the god himself to. I mean, yeah, he was in human form, but it, I. I thought they were just going to have a bunch of possessed people running around. I didn't expect the god himself uh, to be there. And I really didn't expect that the goofy werewolf professor from uh, Harry Potter was going to play that good a villain role. Um, like, he was he was creepy scary. Um, yeah, I thought he did a good job. I was wondering if that was him. I, I thought, is that the... Dulles. Yeah, David Thewlis, that's his name. I couldn't remember. Um, I don't think I've seen him in much besides uh, Harry Potter's Professor Lupin. But, yeah, he was he was good in this part. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman, I'd like to see it again at some point before it leaves the theater. Uh, I think we're going to take, uh, take our girls to it because, well, I mean, my 12-year-old, she's she's been a Wonder Woman fan since she was a little, little kid. Um, but... They're both at the age where, uh, you know, they're both tweens, and they, they're both at the age where they like seeing movies starring ass-kicking, empowered women, and we watch this thing, and we're like, oh, we have to go again, yeah. and, you know, we're going to take the girls, because, uh, yeah, they'll really get a kick out of it, um, so, um... I like the fact that that it's doing so well, too, because I'm really kind of getting sick of all these naysayers that's like, the the bubble's going to burst on the comic book movies. The bubble's going to burst. And, you know, Wonder Woman's setting box office records, and it's like, you know, it's not. People want to see these movies. You know, they've... Wonder Woman's one of the A-list DC characters, and this movie is doing fantastic in the theaters. And Marvel keeps pumping out 
awesome movies with, you know, C-list characters. Winner after winner after winner. Um, and it's, it peop, more and more people keep going to these movies. And it's like, you know what? The bubble isn't going to burst on this. Nah, not, not, not anytime soon. I mean, I mean, even look at Fox because, uh, you know, they put out Logan and it made a shitload, shitload of money and like they're working on the name, you know, they, they've, you know, I don't know if they're working on it, but I know there's going to be a new Mutants movie. And uh, yeah, I think they're doing it after and, Deadpool 2. I was going to say, then there's, you know, Deadpool 2. And, uh, oh, yeah, we should mention the Cable got casted for that. Um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed in who they picked. Um, I mean, really? I, I, well, Why? I've got nothing against him, but I was, I really was going, leaning for, um, oh, Jesus, mine, mine just went blank. Ron Perlman. Yeah, um, well, me too, but at the same time, it's kind of an obvious choice. I mean, I I don't it. care. You know, he looks I mean, like him. There's the re- you know, yeah, yeah, but, I think uh, that. Yeah, I don't know. I like the choice. It's certainly better than early on. I saw rumors of Pierce Brosnan. I'm like, Pierce Brosnan is Cable? What? Yeah, I didn't and understand then, that either. And then, and then the rumors that the director that got fired wanted Kyle Chandler. Uh, look, I like that guy. Uh, I like him on Friday Night Lights. I've seen him in other stuff, and he's good. He's not Cable. Um, but, you know, I mean, Deadpool 2, and then I guess there's another X-Men movie in the works. No, comic book movies are not going anywhere, and I don't want them to. Nor I. Um, it's a great time to be a geek. But and uh, today they announced that uh, Chris Evans just extended his contract with Marvel. Please. Oh, he did? Yeah. Ah, okay, good. I, I was wondering, because uh, I know in Infinity War, you know, he's playing Steve Rogers, but not necessarily Captain America. But I wasn't sure, yeah, because I read that it was his last movie, and I wasn't sure if he was going to keep going, so that's good. Yeah, that was kind of the um, big speculation that, was, you know, Captain America is going to get killed in Infinity War, and he still may. Who knows? Oh, Nah, sure I don't think so. Do. No, I, I don't think so. I think it's just more, I was thinking that Steve Rogers himself might just decide to retire from the superhero game and finally try to go live a quiet life on, on Earth and, uh, you know, let the, uh, uh, you know, let the other heroes uh, sort of take over, uh, you know, since he's a little... Uh, disillusioned but no this is good so they'll keep him coming back uh, I, I like that news. I still think they're all gonna die mm. yeah I don't think yeah so. probably not but uh, okay. um but yeah so right all died in the comic and then uh, I saw that uh, Josh Whedon is uh, taking the helm for uh, Justice League which is interesting. Uh, well I mean, I feel bad for Zack Snyder because, yeah, too. what was it, back in March, his his daughter committed suicide? I mean, that's that's some pain that no parent should have to bear. I mean, I can't really? even imagine. I cannot even begin to imagine what they're going through right now. No. Uh, questioning everything, wondering if there's something they could have done more, wondering if it was just something that, it was, you know, going to happen no matter what. I can't even imagine what they're going through. And 
they may never be the same. They may never recover from it. And I wouldn't wish such a thing on my worst enemy or even the most terrible parents because even terrible parents have regrets. And the fact that he stepped back off the movie and said, you know, I'm putting the family first is hugely respectable. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it sucks. It had to happen, but, uh, I mean, well, they got the right guy to come in and fill those shoes. Um, but God, no parent should have to ever have to no. experience something like that. That's terrible. And then uh, next um, month, of course, Spider Man and I am will be out of the country for it. But I am proud. I'm happy to say that I am looking forward to a Spider Man movie again. Marvel mm, completely yeah. lost me with Spider Man Three. I refuse to see the Andrew Garfield Spider Mans after that travesty that was Spider Man Three. And I am going to go, well, I won't see it in the theater, but obviously. No, you will. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be playing in some, in some El Cheapo theater by the time you get back. Um, uh, I won't get back till September, uh, so I don't think it will be. No, it'll, yeah, there'll be, there'll be some place that it will. They um, get moved in Ukraine, don't they? No. Um, no? No. Uh, not in places. <laughs> not where I'm at. I'm not exactly in a, not exactly in uh, some place that gets fancy stuff. No, and I was gonna say I don't think you'll be in any. I don't think you'll be in any place to travel into the city where they might have a movie theater. Um, uh-uh. So, uh, but well, and then next year, you know, Spider-Man's joining up with the Avengers and the Guardians for Infinity War and. Wow, that's going to be trippy. And then they've um, uh, cast Tom Hardy uh, for the Venom movie. I yeah, I but I've heard that, that the happen. really. Yeah, I bet that doesn't happen, man. Yeah, yeah I, I bet it doesn't either. It as much as I like, like Tom Hardy and and Venom, no, man, I don't no. know. I just I don't like, want to see a Venom no. movie. Just so shit. that is so amazingly beneath him. He is such a great actor, and that is that is going to be such a shit show of a script. Uh, right, that's what, what I'm worried about. I can see that movie falling on its face before it even goes into production. That sounds like that sounds like casting just to get interest up, but it doesn't sound like they have much of a plan for it. They've already confirmed that it is in no way connected to the Spider-Man franchise that they've got going uh, in the partnership with Marvel. And that's a so huge mistake. Not part of the MCU. It's not going to reference it. It's not going to have anything to do with it. And in my opinion, Venom is a great character that can stand on his own. But if you're not launching him from the Spider Verse in the first place, it doesn't make sense. What is the point? Yeah, I don't. You're going to try to make a standalone Venom movie, whether he's a symbiote or not. What are you going? to do with it. I don't, I don't and, know. Like making a standalone Lex Luthor movie. Like, what, what the fuck does he do for two yeah, hours? It doesn't make any sense. And, and it just sounds to me like they got a huge actor to commit to a role that they don't even... It, have it sounds out, to me yeah. like they have plans for this, but they don't have the production set up yet. 
and I could easily see this thing quietly going away. And in six months, when people are asking what's going on with the vending, with the Venom movie, <clears throat> it will have entered development hell because they didn't have a solid plan in place. I'm sorry, it just doesn't make any sense to me. No, why it's not going to be an extension of what Tom Holland's doing with Marvel? It just I no, don't absolutely not. It, it makes it. no sense. Yeah, like Brian, like Jim said, that's like making Lex Luthor. And not referencing Superman or Metropolis or anything else. It's just dumb. Yeah. And it's it, it's going to remind me of the pre-MCU days of movies where you had movies like, Sp- like Punisher that stood on its own and was set in a completely different place than the comic book usually is. Because they were trying to avoid making reference to anything else. Right. And it looks like that Halle Berry Catwoman movie is what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. They it's got a big a... name to do some, to do a, you know, pop, a fan popular character and didn't, without, without having the, the base character that it's branched off of. Yeah, because I feel like, I feel like what's going to happen is they're going to be making a Venom movie starring Tom Hardy, not connected to the MCU, and then the next Spider-Man movie, after Homecoming, is not going to feature Venom, but they're going to be putting the Easter eggs in place to set up Venom's first appearance in the MCU-type movies, and it's going to be a completely different Venom, and people are going to be expecting that they're going to tie together and they're going to realize that the Venom movie that's in production isn't connected and they're just going to be like, huh? Yeah, either and, that or they're they're just going to completely ignore Venom in the Spider-Man movies. And I don't which, I don't really want to see that because I do like well, Venom and I'd like to see him okay. bring him back Let's correctly. But... For the sake of the health of Sony's Venom project, that probably is what they should do. But that's also like trying to make a Superman movie and a Superman franchise that's going to pretend that Lex Luthor isn't doesn't exist. It's dumb. It's just I don't know. You know, I know, I know that Venom wasn't even a thing in the Spider-Man universe for the first twenty years. But the fact is. Once he was established, he was such a huge part that there is no ignoring him. It's it's a lot like uh, it's a lot like a Batman movie trying to set up a franchise without ever acknowledging like the Penguin. It just doesn't make any sense oh, to do. Like it's a dream movie to me. Mm. Fuck this penguin. The penguin sucks. Nah. Okay. It's not the he's talking about just having the the as the big character. A, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I could easily get it. Enjoy that. Yeah, I think well, you missing what he's um, trying to say there, but, yeah. but I get it. I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's just weird. It's it's a weird move. It's like Sony committed to this deal. 
to share, you know, to own Spider-Man, but share him with Marvel. But, and, you know, they said, okay, you can use the Vulture, you can use Shocker, you know, like they're doing for this one. Um, you can have access to some of the other characters, but uh, you can't have Venom. We're keeping him for ourselves. I just wish Sony would sell the rights back to Marvel already. Well, somewhere got a bug up his ass. Thinks you know he wasn't cut in on the deal with, with, the, with the Sony and, and MCU thingy. So he's like, "Well, fuck all you guys. I'm gonna make my own Venom movie. I don't need no well, fuck you, bad." Well, you know what's going to end up, you know what, I remember a couple months ago on the show, there was some news that Sony was developing a, a movie starring Black Cat and Silver Sable. Yeah. What have we heard about since? Nothing. Because the fact is, one thing that these geeky news sites need to stop doing is reporting on ideas that are developing because all developing means is that somebody is thinking somewhere has written some shit down and they opened their damn mouths to somebody who decided to go report it as news when all it is is an idea on paper. There's no production green light. There's no plans. There's no casting. There's nothing set up. And what are we going to hear from the Silver Sable and the Black Cat movie in the future, probably a whole lot of nothing. And if we hear anything, if it even moves forward, and it too is not connected to the MCU, it's going to end up falling on its face too. Because you can't make a bunch of a bunch of movies starring a bunch of characters from the Spider-Man franchise that ignore Spider-Man altogether. It's just stupid. Um, but... Yeah, when they reported that, I just thought to myself, why? Why are you even getting excited about this? Because this is a movie that if you don't if you don't let Marvel have some kind of plan in developing that, you are setting yourself up for failure. So another thing uh, that, that geeks that are I know has a, a good geek following that the, is coming out right now and is absolutely fantastic is the American Gods TV show. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what it is. I haven't watched it. I don't know what it was before, so... It's a book by Neil Guinan. Uh, okay. Uh, um, Jimbo, are you watching it? Nah, but I'll catch up on it later. Alright, well, um, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. The book was really good. I mean, Neil Guinan's Oh, I'm wrote, sure it's great, but, He wrote uh, Sandman uh, for uh, Jesus Forever, uh think he did Constantine for a long time and um, no you know what no he yeah, never did Constantine for one issue oh I thought he nah. did Constantine for a while no um, you think Garth Ennis oh uh, yep yep that's something yeah good. well the only the only thing I know about Neil Gaiman really is uh, he created the character of Angela uh, and he sold the rights to Marvel and he did that DC Vertigo Sandman uh, comic for years and years, which is great. But I don't know what American Gods is. What? You did the entirety of it, all 75 issues. Oh, well, okay, see? Well, that's good. Uh, but I don't know what American Gods is. I don't know if it's... It's a book. You should I, read it. It's good. I was gonna say, eh, I've heard of it, but 
Um, I mean, I vaguely heard of it. I didn't know if it was a series. I didn't know if it was a comic book. No, it's know. a book. I don't know. It's like got you know paper um, in it that yeah. you read words. Oh, I'll watch it when I'll watch it when I can see the entire series on a streaming service without having to subscribe to a channel that I don't get and. That's the downside. Is uh, it's only on stars. A week so. between episodes, and but I can't subscribe to the service. Then that's the only thing I'm going to be watching on the service. That's yeah. just goofy. Um, got Ash versus the Evil Dead on that too. Well, I do watch that, and that's the reason why I never subscribed to Stars before because it's the only thing I'm going to be watching on it, and I can just wait okay. a couple months. Until the whole thing's on voodoo and watch it that way, which is what I did with both seasons. So, um, which is awesome, but yeah, I'm not going to subscribe to Stars just to watch these shows every week when three months after it finishes airing, it'll be on voodoo and I can just own it. Um, I'm not that impatient. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of have trouble with weekly television anyways. I hate waiting a week in between episodes, so. Getting there myself. Oh, no. Um, but, uh, um, I do believe, uh, I think Ash vs. the Evil Dead is coming back for a third season, and I can't wait. Uh, that's awesome. Um, and, uh, Last week, my daughter and I sat down and we watched Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Um, and because I was reading about some news about Jurassic World 2, and I'm excited about that, and probably nobody else is. So we. Can I'm curious on. to I'm curious to see what where they're going to go with it. So am I because um, it's kind of a big guessing game right now because. Um, I don't know because they're. I don't know if they're going to stay on the island. I don't know if they're going to fuck up that island. Um, more so than the lost people, they need to get the fuck up off that island. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know if this is going to be a all on uh, Isla Nublar again, or if they're finally going to leave Isla Nublar to go back to Isla Sorna, or um, if or if they're actually going to get off the islands and there's going to be dinosaurs. I, I don't know. Uh, I can't I even guess. Dinosaurs, I'm, I'm calling it quits on this shit. Um, well, I don't know. The, the Jurassic Park books are my favorite books of all time. So no matter and I love dinosaurs, so no matter what, I'm going to see all these movies. I just can't imagine what the plan is because, uh, you know, the the movies that they made didn't stick to the books very well, which is fine, but um, I don't know where they're going to go with this because, you know, yeah, Michael Crichton is long dead, yeah. and I don't know, I don't know if, if, if they're sort of making the Jurassic World franchise as it goes, or if they sort of had an early plan and they're expanding on that, I, I don't know, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing this. And it's been confirmed that Jeff Goldblum will be appearing as Dr. Ian Malcolm again. And that's awesome news because that guy's amazing. And, hey, he's going to be in the next Thor movie, and I'm excited. 
Yeah, that yeah. next door movie looks fantastic. Hell yeah. Um, my favorite line from that, he's a friend from work. I yeah. mean, that's brilliant because, you know, that was the first time I realized, you know, the Avengers probably do think of themselves as co-workers, and that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's on a extraplanetary scale. That's that's excellent. And two nights ago, um, we saw the trailer, the first trailer from Black Panther. Oh, God. I'm looking forward. I'm, I'm so looking forward to this. Um, yeah, that one looks fantastic uh, as well. And that's what I'm, what I'm talking about when it comes to, I'm not going to say DC versus Marvel, but DC in compared to Marvel is mm. we're taking a... a a C, maybe D-list character, and the movie looks fantastic. Um, I can't wait. Uh, what is it, February of next year? I, uh, I don't know what the I release mean, date is. I don't know. That, that, yeah, wait, I think it is, I think it is February, and, um, and I can't wait. I mean, that, that just looks awesome, because I really liked Chadwick Bowles, uh, Bozeman, as Black Panther in Civil War, and I can't wait to see Wakanda actually up on the screen. And it was cool to see uh, Andy Serkis back as Ulysses Claw. Yes. And wow, what a smarmy bastard he is. Oh, like, I know. I can see you. Um, and well, and I'm excited that Martin Freeman is is in the movie again. Yeah, I'm and, looking for looking forward to development on his um, character. Yeah, that guy, that guy is awesome. Like, I love that actor. Everything I've seen him in, I love that guy. So then you so, have to wonder, you have to wonder at some point in time with if he will cross paths with Doctor Strange. If he doesn't, there's going to be crying in the streets from fans because even if they just have a brief interaction, I think that would, I think that would satisfy. And I swear to God. In, in 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 Infinity War, if neither Doctor Strange or Iron Man does not make a no shit Sherlock joke, people <laughs> will riot. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was just gonna say um, that, and I think that would be a, a good joke. If they don't, then they need to have the Martin Freeman. Um, actually, I think it, I think that needs to be said by Spider Man talking to both of them. Oh um, yeah. Either um, way, you know what? you're right. Somebody has yeah. to make that joke. Somebody has to say no shit, Sherlock, when they're both standing there. Because <laughs> I think that be would a, be a good one coming from Happy Hogan too. Um, Can you see John Favreau ooh, I seeing see that? that. Um, yeah, um, I could see that. I'd I'd love to hear John Favreau say that. Um, Absolutely, and then have them both have them have both of them look at him like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Um, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so, um, well, if nothing else, watch a Black Panther trailer and, oh, there's going to be some hardcore fight scenes in there. Um, Indeed. I and mean, when he take when he takes out that, 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 I don't know, that group of militants or whatever they are, when, when he takes them out, he kicks the one into the car yes. and he does that, uh, you know, he does that, that flip kick on the other guy. Uh, I'm just like I'm watching this. I'm like, wow, he's gonna be a real ass kicker. It's awesome, um, and the cast on that movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, I, 
it never ceases to amaze me how they're getting these huge, big-name stars for these movies. I mean, you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, we had Kurt Russell, we had Sylvester Stallone in there. That, you know what? I heard rumors a long time ago that Sylvester Stallone was going to be appearing. And then it, I went a long time without hearing anything else. So I didn't know I didn't know if that was something that was slated to happen and it didn't happen or if it was just going to be, you know, like providing a voice or something. And now I don't know who the character is that he was playing. I don't have any background from the comic books. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't and, know if he even uh, is in the comic books. I think it's just one of the Reavers. Um, well, he's but, played by the to become Starhawk. Okay. Oh. Okay. Um, who's who's Starhawk? I, I don't know. Um, the the uh, original Guardians guy. He's like the the cosmic. You know, he's like the Adam Warlock kind of level guy. Okay. Huh. Um, See, because then one of the guys that he's talking to in the end credit scene kind of kind of looked like he could be um, Charlie Seventeen then. 27. 27, thank you. Now, uh, okay. Uh, was it Nicky? I want he was, uh, he was also, he also played, uh, The Flash on Justice League Unlimited. Um, let's put it this way. All of those surprise actors, or all those surprise cameos, I was happy to see them. And I was perfectly content not having any idea who any of those characters are. Because here's some background. Until Marvel announced the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I had no fucking idea who they were. Um, well, you had to catch then, the Watchers, though, right? Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I was wondering if somebody would bring up that. That was absolutely shocking to me that not only did Uatu show up uh, with the other Watchers, but they looked just like they did in the comic book. And um, that's where they stuck the Stan Lee cameo in, so I thought and, that was... And Two awesome and birds the, with one stone. This is the first time that Stan Lee has appeared twice in any of the movies, right? Yes, yeah. Um, and then there's and, been this fan. I think it, it kind of, if you didn't stay and see the last one, the last cut trailer, um, then it kind of fueled the fan fire that Stan, the fan theory that Stan Lee is one of the Watchers. I have... I've loved that theory since it was first put out because it would make perfect sense that in all these movies he is the same character. Um, and I love that they made reference to him playing the FedEx guy because the Tony Stank joke never gets old. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and, and to see him, you know, it cracks me up after all of the Marvel movies, you've all seen them. You've, you're going to the theater opening weekend to see every one of them that comes out, and you motherfuckers are still getting up and leaving the theater while the credits, when the credits start to roll. Are yeah, I don't you get that. Kidding me? If you people learn nothing from all of the Marvel movies, why are you leaving the theater? You know there's going to be something else. It's so dumb. I don't yeah. understand. I, I don't My get that favorite 
of those mid-credit sequences, though, was teenage Groot saying Groot Groot in that yes. mocking tone because he's a teenager, and that was hilarious. Yes, I thought that was fantastic. Um, um, one of my one of my favorite jokes in that movie when they're all fighting and um, uh, you know they're they're all fighting out in space, and Rocket is talking to Baby Groot inside that asteroid. And, and he's talking about tape, and he's yelling out, does anybody have tape? And they're yelling back, nobody's got any tape. They're like, if anybody should have tape, you you should have tape. And my girlfriend and I, we looked at each other and we said, this, the guy that wrote and directed this, he's got kids. Because there is nothing more prevalent in all households that have children than, where's the tape? Nobody used it. Nobody's seen it. Nobody <laughs> has any idea where the tape is. It's not where it's supposed to be. But, yep, yeah, uh, 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 and it's inevitable that the kids used all the tape but didn't mention that, and you don't discover that until you have to go rent it, until you have to go wrap a, wrap a birthday gift. Um, and then one of you is going out to Walmart at night to get some fucking tape because the kids used it all up um <laughs> because they make their little art projects and they use 55 pieces of tape when 10 would have sufficed and that was funny as shit i mean all the way through this movie there's themes of parenthood that i can identify with and that i can sympathize with and it made and so there's no doubt that james gunn I don't know, maybe he's got a couple of kids. He does. And One of his so, kids is in the movie. Really? Yeah. The, I know his brother's in the movie. I didn't know any of his oh, kids. I thought that was his kid that was... Uh, wait a minute. Hey, yeah, you know, I'm not sure now. I'm going I'm um, to look that up uh, Yeah, I know his brother plays the other Reaver uh, that was hanging around with Yondu. Um, he's great in that part, by the way. Um... But that scene with the tape, I'm like, that is the funniest damn. Because I was telling my mother about that, and my mother said the same thing. When my sister and I were growing up, she could never find the tape. And she asked my sister and I, and we didn't see the tape. We didn't use the tape. We blamed the other one for having used it all up, and there was never tape. And if, and even if you can find the tape, you can't find the scissors. Um, yeah, no, I, and I'm not, I'm married, I don't have kids, I got dogs, and I can never find the fucking tape. <laughs> you were an only child, and your mother still couldn't find the tape. And, and that's, yeah, and that's funny, because it's like, I can't find the tape now as an adult, and my mom couldn't find the tape when I was a kid, so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what are your dogs doing with tape, dude? I don't know, man. I can't figure that out. I don't out. know, but... They, too, have an art project that they have to use 14 pieces of tape for. Um, um, My guess is they're chewing stuff up and taping it back together so we don't notice. Well, let's put it this way. Even if you didn't have dogs, if you were a pet-free house, you and your wife would be blaming each other for having no fucking tape. Um, Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to say that hasn't happened already. Exactly. See, that's just the way these things go. The tape uses itself up the same way the dryer 
eats socks. So you can't make a matching fucking pair when the laundry's done. Exactly. Um, you know, if this so, if the wool in my socks is so smart, how come they can't stay together? Exactly. I'm I'm just like the, the dryer ate 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 one half of every pair that we put in there, and there's no fucking tape. Um, and and you know when Groot, teenage Groot, gets real smart mouth, and and Chris Pratt says, "Now I understand what Yondu felt like," and I thought to myself. Yes, I do too, because every time my 12-year-old gets that little attitude that just makes me want, makes me want to wring her neck, I'm like, I know what my parents felt like, and it drives me fucking crazy. <laughs> because that moment that I realized that I had become my parents still, still resonates with me. And someday, we always tell them, when they're super annoying, you guys are going to grow up. You guys are going to have your own kids, and then you're going to be calling me to complain that your kids drive you fucking nuts, and we're going to be like, mm, how does that feel? Um, and they don't believe us, but they will. They fucking will. So, um, because you know what? There's nothing more gratifying than being a parent, and there's nothing more irritating than being a parent. And But my mother has a magnet on her fridge that says your reward for not killing your children is grandchildren, and they're <laughs> going to find that shit out, too. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's true. Every movie and every TV show I watch where parenting is a theme or a plot line, I, you know, I always gravitate towards that sort of thing. But, but in this movie, <laughs> I'm just like, even on an intergalactic scale, parenting is still parenting, and I loved it. And... Yeah, Yondu's death ripped my heart out of my chest. But before he died, when when he said uh, he was your father, but I'm your daddy, I just thought, you know what? This guy absolutely did love Peter as a son, and it was fucking beautiful. Yep. Um. So, and, and which took me back to Mallrats, where Michael Rooker played the uh, Claire Forlani's uh, father. And and he was a crazy parent there too, and it was beautiful. Um, and it said that they killed him, but at least it was meaningful. Yeah, I was kind of kind of disappointed to see that there wasn't a a trailer cut scene for Wonder Woman. Um, you know what? I wasn't sure if there would be. Um, because there wasn't. Um for Batman versus Superman, but um, Wasn't there? we started, we didn't get up, we stayed for part of the credits, and then she asked me, uh, is there something after the credits? I said, you know what, I don't know. So I Googled it real quick, and on my phone, I started typing after credit scene, and it automatically populated Wonder Woman, <laughs> so I hit it, and it said there wasn't, so I'm like, alright, nope, I guess... Yes, everybody else Googled it, too, to see if they had to stay. But I think it's just a matter of Marvel has just made us all expect that every movie has to have uh, a, a tag scene at the end. Um, but, oh, yeah, that, that was, you know, it still wasn't as good as the first Guardians for me. But I think that's because Guardians 
was so fresh and so new because I didn't know anything about the characters. But um, that isn't saying that this was a lesser movie because it absolutely wasn't. And I'm glad that they keep bringing the same people back to do these movies because it feels very natural and organic. And that's Um, where Iron Man went off the rails. Yes, because when they switched creative teams for the third one, it felt like they switched creative teams for the third one. Nothing was consistent, and it sucked. Yep. Um, Because, you know, the fact is, for Infinity War, James Gunn might not be making the movie, but he... You know, he approved it, and he said he liked what they were doing with it, so it's going to feel like it's part of the same franchise, and that'll be good. And then when we come around for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, following Infinity War, you know, we'll be able to see where the franchise goes after that. And I'm looking forward to it, because like I said, I didn't know who those surprise cameos were, but I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, and I was, I was pleasantly surprised by Nebula in this movie because in the first one, she was, she was sort of a a standard villain, but I was glad that they gave her a lot more dimension in this one because, um, I knew she was coming back. Yeah. Like I knew that she would, I, I knew that she'd be back. Um, and I knew that she wasn't going to die thanks to casting news that she was on the set for Infinity War, but, you know, that's how that goes. Right. But I was glad that they gave her a lot more uh, to chew on and a lot more characterization because I didn't want her to have another movie where she was just sort of there on the fringes playing a standard villain. That that was... That yeah, was and cool I really like Karen Gillian, so I was glad to see that she, you know, gotta participate in this movie instead of just being angry and yelling at people mm-hmm. in fact uh in fact when she opened up um to uh sean gunn um and and you know she went on that on that diatribe about uh how she'd be happy to murder her sister but then when it comes right down to it they actually realized that they actually really loved each other you know because that's what siblings do um it was it was awesome it it was it was great to see, um, and uh, you know now Marvel's done this a couple of times where they use the computer and they de-age these actors to back when they were much younger, and they did it again with Kurt Russell and they absolutely pulled it off. He looked just like you did in the eighties, yep. you know, just like they did with uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War. And uh, Michael Douglas, when they de-aged him as Hank Pym and Ant-Man, and it was cool to see it done again. Um, the people making these movies really have a great sense of, of what they can do, and they pull it off spectacularly. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're using it, you know, sort of sparingly, too. It's not like the whole movie... Oh, you mean, like, they're not trying to make, they made, you mean how they made Kurt Russell, old Kurt Russell, like he is now, and they didn't try to pull off young Kurt Russell for the entire part? Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a good thing. 
yeah, it, I think just using the just using it sparingly is nice. I think that was you know one of the complaints a lot of people had with uh, Rogue One is you know it's not that they de-aged him, but they still did CGI for Tarkin. Oh, but see, <coughs> I think they pulled off Tarkin spectacularly. I, I I saw no flaws with that. I think they did. Awesome. Emily's that. looking at you um, like you're crazy. crazy. Yeah, no, I just, uh, yeah, I, I was convinced it, it worked for me totally. Um, but you know, I, I was already, I was already ready for it because of the rumors, but yeah, I, 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 I think it worked awesomely. Um, well, Jim, you said that, what'd you say? Ving Rhames was playing Charlie. What? Charlie 17, 27. All right, so, and you said the other characters. So right, that so, was Charlie 27 then? Yeah. Oh, nice. I was wondering right, about so, that. So Ving Rhames and Michelle Yeoh, they're both playing established Guardians characters from the comics then. Yes, from the original series of the comics. Yes. Okay, yeah, because I know What's that the- Star-Lord and Drax, they're not, I, I, I no. know they're not the originals, because I am vaguely aware of like Vance Astro, so but and Yondu was characters actually Yondu was one of the original ones. What's that? Uh, so none of those characters were playing Vance Astro, but they were playing other people that were Guardians then. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, um, but uh, well, well, and Yondu I, was one of the original uh, Guardians too. Well, see, I yeah, I did know about him, and I knew about Vance Astro. But I didn't know about the rest of them, and really, I only knew about them because they had action figures, okay? So, you know, that's how that goes. But, uh, so, Jimbo, can you do me a favor and explain who the original Guardians of the Galaxy were and why they stopped being the Guardians of the Galaxy to give uh, Star-Lord and all those a chance to become the Guardians? Um, The first thing is that the the Guardians of the Galaxy original one are uh, from like the year 3000 or something. Oh. They're, oh, they, okay. Their stories started, I think they may have first shown up in the late 60s, but they were definitely around by the 70s. Yes. Okay. Their, um, their, their story is that uh, some some lizard aliens called the Badoon have invaded Milky Way Galaxy or whatever, and, and you know, they're being assholes and whatnot, so... The, the, the an individual from each of the planets of our solar system, they band together using their powers for good as the guardians of the galaxy, yada, yada, yada. Right? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So those characters originated from our solar system? Like no. one of them is uh, like from well, Jupiter? Some of them did. Yeah, one of them. All, from... all humans. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh all right, so by the 31st century, humans had spread out to colonize the entire solar system then. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, early 27, he was from Jupiter, which is why he's so big and massive, so he can uh, counteract the gravity. Yeah. Uh, okay. Martin, I think, was from Mercury, where you know, he, he's got the, the prismatic body to withstand the heat or yada yada. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's got to be pretty fucking hot on Mercury. Yeah, um, um, so, all right, so they were, so, all right, so they were the Guardians of the Galaxy, 
uh, a thousand years from now. Okay, so what'd they do? Time travel back? Or they did this a few times. They uh, they came back time to to the present and interacted with the Avengers a few times. I think they may have first shown up during the Korvac saga. I think yeah, because I think wow, Korvac. Not even sure what that is. Okay, I know that Marvel went all cosmic starting in the seventies and it was big in the eighties, but I didn't read any of it. So educate me a little bit here. Uh, the Korvac saga was. Uh, one of the very first early, like, big cosmic stories that, that Marvel had where uh, some guy named Michael Korvac, he started evolving into God, and somehow he brought, it was him, and he brought the Guardians back to the present. Uh, I've actually read this, and I forgot a whole lot of it. He was, you know, he was starting to turn into energy fields, and, and you could see, you know, the stars and space and moon in him and whatnot that he was coming to you know, become the entire universe and all that, yada, yada. And oh, you know what? I, I remember having, back when I was a teenager, I had some random volume of the handbook to the Marvel Universe, and I remember there was a guy who looked, it was like a human shape, but he looked like space. Is that him? Well, that might have been Eternity as well. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Well, no, well, I'm glad they're not going to make this confusing for me then. Okay, keep yeah. going. But, uh, you know, and eventually the, the Avengers uh, sorted it all out. And Korvac, he, you know, evolved beyond, but he didn't destroy the universe in doing it. And the Guardians went back to their time to continue the fight against the Badoon alien. And then I think they came back a couple more times. And then they got their own comic back in the 90s, I think, late 80s, 90s kind of thing. And. And that went under, and then the writer came along, and he's like, hey, why don't we have the Guardians of the Galaxy in the present? Like, hey, you know, you know, because every now and then they gotta they got to publish stuff, or else they lose the copyright, right? So they got to put right. out a, such and such names. So they're like, all right, uh, who wants to do a Guardians of the Galaxy book? I'm like, man, those old characters suck. I want to make my own characters. We're going to have Star-Lord in it. Shit. We need to keep his his copyright update as well. He's like, no. Star-Lord? Oh. So, now, yeah. I, I and now am, they've, retconned, they've retconned that our Guardians of the Galaxy were the original ones and that the, the future ones took their name in, you know, honor uh, of, you know, their okay. opinion. Okay, so it wasn't like a... So it wasn't like... It wasn't like the 31st century Guardians of the Galaxy came back and they picked these people to be... No. This millennium's <laughs> guardians, and then they carried their shit on in the future. Oh. As far as I know, the, okay. the two teams have never met yet. As far as I know. Oh, I think, all right. You know, so this is Vance something Astro, new that they're doing with the movies then. Vance Astro has come back. I read that story where he came back and he was in the present for a while. Um, but I don't think the rest of the team have come back and met and intermingled them. Yeah, that's what I'm, one thing I'm wondering in, in the movies is, are they going to take these, you know, Sylvester and all these guys, are they going to take them and push them into the future? Um, I'll bet they'll well, keep them in the present. Wow, wouldn't that be interesting if in the MCU we actually saw, like, the 31st century, you know, for a sequence or two? Um, yeah, I don't know that they'll 
something tells me that they so, won't get that creative. You can't have, you're not going to have two Guardians of the Galaxy teams running around <coughs> once. No. And, um, you know, having these big-ass actors play, you know, play these roles for cameos, yeah, I mean, that that's all it could be, but, you know, I, I, I would bet that these actors pay all more. Um, well, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, or, well, I'm assuming that we'll see them again because they definitely set them up, um, to, you know, to have further adventures, but, so, all right, so, chances are the plan is not to have them actually take over as the movie characters because, let's face it, none of them are spring chickens, so, uh... No, I don't think 20 years from now we're going to see them on screen as Guardians of the Galaxy. But, um, <clears throat> so, all right, so definitely what they're doing in the movies is definitely something that's, you know, from the movies and not necessarily inspired by the comics, okay? Um, right. You have to take a break, y'all. Hang on. Continue without me. All right, so... Um, yeah. You know what? This is why. This is why I'm glad when we have Jimbo on the show because he can educate me on some of this. Because yeah, this is this is new for me. So yeah, and it's definitely not uh, one of the the titles that I've ever read. Um, the only reason I know a little bit about it is um, the first appearance of Deathlock was. Uh, um, now I can't even think of it. It's a it's not Astonishing Tales. It's I think it's Amazing Tales or something like that. I'd have to double check about that. But it was like a 10-issue, 11-issue comic book run. And then right in the middle of that, right in the middle of that run, they did a Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it was just a reprint of, of that, of one of their of their first appearances. Oh, okay. And you um, know, it's it's hard to buy those comic books. You know, I bought them. If you don't know that that story arc skips one issue, you end up buying that and you read in it and you're going, "Okay, where's Deathlock? Why is Deathlock not in this? <laughs> who the fuck are these Guardians of the Galaxy oh, guys? Take a break. You know, why? Who is this big dude that's from Jupiter? And it's like, okay, why is Deathlock not here? Uh, and <laughs> wow, this uh, is weird. And um, kind of on that note. Um, Deathlock, uh, the creator for Deathlock, uh, died a few weeks ago. Art Buckmiller uh, ah, died a few yeah. weeks ago. So our condolences to his friends and family as well. I was had the honor to meet him uh, two years ago at Denver Comic Con. I unfortunately did not know he was going to be there um, because I have the first appearance of um, Deathlock and I had it autographed by George Perez who that was his first artwork at Marvel was a, a couple pages in that in that comic book. So, oh, and then he, he just he blew up after that, right? Yeah, he just yeah, totally. Um so I would have loved to have had that book signed by both uh George Perez and Art Buckmiller. But um unfortunately I didn't know he was going to be there, so I didn't bring that book. Um I did get to talk to him for a little bit he seemed like a pretty cool guy. So, uh, you know, I hate to see it when someone that's responsible for something that I've loved for a long time passes on, you know? So, uh, yeah. 
Um, it's, it's never really been one of the popular characters. I've they've never Marvel's never really been able to to do anything to get a title sustained and running. I think there's been maybe four or five different times they've tried and the book just never takes off. And I, I can't understand why the concept is just, I love the concept. It just, it never, it never gains any traction to stay for very long. And they've done, they've tried different things with the character and, you know, of course he was in agents of shield for, for a while, and that's been different than anything they've done in the comic books. And it just, I was going to say, there's been multiple death locks, right? Yeah, there has been. There's been several, and it just, it just, unfortunately, I think it's one of those really cool ideas. Unfortunately, it just never, like I said, just never got traction. It's not like, you know, if he'd been a villain, they, I think he might have gotten what I call the the Marvel villain syndrome, where the villain gets so popular that they have to make him a hero. Oh, well, yeah. Like um, Punisher and Venom and and guys like that. Sabretooth for a couple of, for, for, for a little bit there. Uh, yeah, um, Wolverine, you know, he was a villain for the Hulk for the first time. Um, oh, that's right. Did you, uh, Brian, did you read that, that uh, six-issue miniseries Beyond? No, I don't, I don't think so. Look that up. I forget who wrote it, but it had Scott Collins' art, K-O-L-I-N-S. It was really good stuff. I like it. Huh. It had uh, Deathlock. It had uh, Medusa. It had Hank Pym. Interesting. It had The Hood. It had uh, Spider-Man. Who else was in there? Uh, Firebird. And they, they, they were all, remember the old original ring, that the, the Beyonder? Yes. Brought everybody in in the first Secret Wars. They were all brought into a similar situation where they just appeared on Battle World. Huh. And Deathlock had, Deathlock had been there for years and years and years. It explained why he wasn't in the, in the Marvel Universe for a while. Oh, nice. Dig it up. Um, yeah, so, it was really cool. Nice art. I liked it. Yeah, so we were just talking about the fact that uh, Art Buckmiller had died a couple weeks ago. Right. So, um, again, condolences and to friends and family, so. Brian, are you, are you, are, are you still recording? You're recording again? Yes. Okay. Um, cause, uh, well, a few weeks ago, um, there was a local convention here, uh, that I went to, uh, that was huge, by the way. It was a much bigger convention than, than I realized because, well, you know, back in September, uh, I went to that local con and I brought my kids and it was it was a good sized thing, but um, it was it wasn't it wasn't massive. And but this one was huge. Um, like the last time, you know, I met up with Chad there, and I had my kids, and we didn't really have to wait to get in. But here, yeah, I had to wait in the line to get into the building, and then you know it was crazy. But I mean, I went there. Uh, and I didn't bring the kids this time because I knew I was going to be spending a lot of time uh, in waiting in lines. And, uh, well, there's nothing worse you can do to a kid than, than bring them to wait in a line for anything. Right. Um, you know, they can't stand the line in McDonald's because there's three people in front of you. Um, but uh, I went 
because Billy D. Williams was appearing and I had to get his signature. You know, I, I, I wanted his autograph. And, uh, you know, so that was a heck of a line that I waited in to do that. But, you know, I, I, I got to talk to him for a couple minutes. Um, you know, I, I got I got his autograph. Uh, you know, he signed it to me. And, you know, that was it was awesome because, look, Lando is my favorite Star Wars character. And he's one of the few Star Wars actors that I ever actively wanted to meet, you know, for the most part, you know, if I was going to a convention and some of them were going to be there, uh, it'd be kind of cool if I got to meet them, but it wouldn't, wouldn't be a huge deal for me because I've never sought out an autograph before. Um, because, uh, well, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're people, you know, they're just, they're, they're people like you and I, they're just, you know, popular. Um, but, um, he was, he was the one that I needed to get. So, <clears throat> you know, when I read a couple months ago, he was going to be here. I said, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to get this autograph, whatever it costs. I'm going to pay it. And, uh, you know, we couldn't get any pictures, uh, with him because, um, sorry, I wasn't going to pay an extra 60 bucks to do, uh, the celebrity sit down photograph because, uh, you know, I don't have it. Right. Um, so while I was in line, uh, I, I, I put, uh, you know, I held the phone up and I got a, I got a selfie and you can see him in the background, which was nice. And then as the line moved along, I, I brought the phone up real quick as we got a little closer and I got a pretty good picture of him, uh, from a, from a fairly short distance. Um, but, um, you know, there were other celebrities there uh, a couple times, William Shatner and his entourage passed by the line so you know i got to see him up close and you know he looked tired like i don't know overwhelmed or like he just wanted to take a nap or i don't know he just looked tired um but you know it's not like he's a young guy um but you know at the table next to billy d williams uh nichelle nichols was signing um and uh you know she's great i mean i love uh you know i love uhura but um, yeah, I've never really sought out the Star Wars actors, nor the Star Trek actors, although I would like to talk to Jonathan Frakes, because I know you guys met him, and yeah, you said, that guy's awesome. Yeah, he's, um, a, he's a card, man. Um, but, um, you know, so I went, and I got this autograph, and it was great, you know, I waited in that line. Um, but, uh, somebody else who was also there, you know, I mentioned it to Brian on the podcast, you know, I think the last time we did this, the Bob Layton was going to be there, and uh, so, Brian sent me a comic to get signed by him, and I did, you know, I, I, I did get his signature, but when I first got into the convention, um, you know, I was just walking around down on the first floor before I went up to the sales floor, uh, and I, I sort of stumbled by, you know, towards the back of the the first floor, you know, they have the conference rooms and stuff, and they had a sign up, Bob Layton starting, well, basically like 10 minutes from whatever that time was, and so, you know, I waited around outside and then, um, you know, I, he, he came in and, uh, you know, it wasn't a big crowd, there were just really kind of a few people in there, um, but, you know, I wanted to hear what he had to say, and uh, you know, I, I asked him if they'd, if they'd mind if, um, 
if uh, you know, I, I got a picture, you know, for Brian, and uh, and uh, he said, I'll do you one better. He said, you can shoot a video, and uh, so I brought it up, and I started recording, and he recorded a personal message for Brian, and then I texted Brian, uh, and I said, I got this autograph for you, but you know, there was something else, and I and and I sent the video, uh, hoping you know that the Wi-Fi uh, in uh, obscure corner of Europe uh, would allow him to actually watch the video, and he did. So, uh, what was that like? Uh, I mean, obviously, I didn't. There was no preamble, like you know, you didn't know what to expect. No, but, not at uh, all. No, that must have been like trippy to see that. Yeah, dude, that fucking made my day, man. That made my week. Oh, because uh, basically in the video he says. Uh, Hi, Brian. Sorry you couldn't be here. What the hell are you doing in the Ukraine? Um, but, uh, you know, J.D., you know, he wanted me to get this message to you. And then, you know, later I went up and I went to his table and, and I got the, you know, I got the, the book signed for him. Um, but uh, so, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. When I, when I went up to the table, he was doing a commission. He was doing commission artwork for somebody. Um, but you know, I, I had the comic, and I did. I, I was able to tell him that at this particular issue of Iron Man, let me see. Wait, where is it? It's a uh, two forty-seven, I think. Number two thirty-eight. I just pulled it out of the envelope that I'm using to uh, mail it to Brian. Um, and I did mention to him that. Uh, uh, well, when we were in the panel, I mentioned it that uh, my buddy Brian, we his nickname was the Iron Whore because he'll <laughs> buy anything with Iron Man on it. He thought that was hilarious, by the way. Um, but, uh, but uh, he, uh, you know, he signed it, and, and I mentioned, you know, you're a lifelong fan, and it was that issue that started it. So, yeah, he thought that was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, you know, and then I went, and uh, Michael Golden was also there, and uh, I bought, I bought an 11 by 17 print of some of the GI Joe art that he did. Um, for I think it was one of the yearbooks where, I mean, I'll describe it and you guys will know exactly, you know, the piece of art I'm talking about. It's basically Duke and Roadblock and Spirit and Gung-Ho and a couple of the other Joes. And they're sort of standing there and Ace is in the Sky Striker, uh, the Polar Battle Bear, the Mobat. Oh, that's the, the um, cover and, to your book, number one. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, and, and the Ram Cycle. So, yeah, it's a it's an eleven by seventeen print of that, and uh, he he autographed it for me. I have to get a frame for it. But um, I also went to one of the comic book dealers, and uh, I grabbed one of the comics uh, for cheap, by the way. Um, that uh, that he had drawn the cover for. Uh, it's number twenty nine, where uh, Destro, I think they're in the Moray, uh, maybe or the the. I don't know, whatever that thing Copperhead drives is. I can't remember Water off the top of my head. Um, yeah, Water it looks like he's in the gunner pod for that, and he's shooting at Duke and Roadblock. Uh, but so um, I got Michael Golden to sign that uh, for Brian, so I'm awesome. going to send those to him. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, it was pretty cool, you know, talking to He's a real nice guy. Um, but he had prints up there, like these 11 by 17 prints, he had them from had to have been thirty different comics that that he had drawn. I mean, I had to have a GI Joe one, um, but I actually, I, you know, I was looking over the prints before I even found that one. You know, I know he's a prolific 
comic book artist, and I know he's done a lot of work. I had no idea the range of comics that, that he had done, though. Damn. Yeah, that um, always surprises me. That's why when I go to the conventions, I sit down with the artist list and cross-reference them with, with, um, with like either Wikipedia or, you know, uh, I think Marvel.com has a good... Um, yeah. Has a good system of who who did who you know what what artist um, what creative team did each and every single issue of each and every single issue of, of comic books that they've ever put out. Yeah. So they've got a, a good um, a good wiki for that as well. So I'll sit down and it's like I'll just run each name through the through the both of those and. Holy crap! And I—that's—I mean—that's I mean, that's how I found out George Perez had done a, like three issues of Iron Man, and I—I I took those to get him autographed at when the first DC Denver Comic Con we went to, and he looked up at me. He's like, "Dude, I didn't know anybody knew I had done Iron Man. I'm like, I knew <laughs> you had done Iron Man." And you know, um, he came out after he signed those books, and you know, like gave me a big hug and had him had Emily take a picture of me and and him together. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the uh, but yeah, the, just uh, the just the the range that these artists do is just phenomenal. You you're used yeah. to seeing them in the titles that you read, but then exactly it's See, like, that's Holy why crap. I had to get um, you know I had to get a print of some of his Joe art. But you know, okay, so that was the cover of Yearbook Number One. But I think they had prints of three or four other Joe issues that he had done. But my God, there were Batman, uh, there were Batman prints, there were Punisher prints. Uh, there were there were like independent comic book, uh, you know, uh, titles, whatever that they made prints of. I know, I know that he's a big comic book artist and he's been in the industry for a long time. But I did not realize, the, uh, you know, how many, you know, how many characters, how many world famous historical comic book characters he's drawn in his career. It was it was just it was just shocking to see. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of else, uh, what else was going on at the convention? You know, there were other movie stars there and, you know, eh, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody from Underworld was there, eh. um, you know, the, uh, somebody from Pirates of the Caribbean was there, you know, it's all well and good. Um, but, you know, these just aren't people that I need to stop and talk to. Um, but, uh, you know, and then there were, there were a lot of creators from these tiny, itty bitty independent comics that I've never heard of and yeah you know, that's how I these guys never make will. a living um, yeah you know for all I know they could be web based comics I don't know um but you know it was it was just it was a packed house like they had a lot going on in there one of the things that they really didn't have though was a lot in the way of toy dealers now i mean it's a comic it's a comic convention so it stands to reason that there would be a lot of comic book stores there, um, and not just from the area I live in, but a lot of, you know, there, there was like one that was, you know, they had the address up on a, on a placard on their table, <clears throat> and they were located in New York City, okay, you know, so these comic book shops from all over the place came, you know, to, to set up tables, um, but, and a lot of them did have toys, it was very much, uh, you know, collector pricing on stuff that was in the package. You know, I, what, what I was hoping to find was a dealer that had, uh, 
you know, old Joes or old Transformers, you know, just loose. You know, you could buy them for a decent price and whatever. But there wasn't really anything like that. A lot of, a lot of the the high end collectible stuff, the Diamond Select stuff, you know, all in the package and you know, all priced to well, not move apparently, right? Um, because it really didn't look like they were, you know, uh, you know, the couple of these tables I walked by a few times and you know. It didn't look like their inventory had shrunk significantly. Well, it's um, funny you should say that because there was I was there's one dealer in particular, and I have seen posts about this guy on Facebook in particular, and I he had something that I wanted. And I think it was like the first or second year I was at Denver Comic Con, and I wait till you know if there's something that I really want, it's really expensive. I wait till the last day because they these guys don't want to haul it home, right? They, right. they, they had to haul you know, it in. in theory, yeah. They don't want to haul it home. They just want to sell it. So, you know, I tried to tried to haggle with the guy. I'm like, you know, will you take, you know, X amount for this? And he's like, absolutely not. And then the next year, I went by, saw the same guy. He had the same fucking package. <laughs> I mean, this guy's he been... He still wouldn't haggle, right? Oh, I didn't. I wouldn't even talk to him. I'm like, you know what? Um, you, you didn't want to... You're you're still hauling this thing around a year later. You're, it's costing you money. Well, I would I have taken it, it off way. your hands, and you didn't want it, so haul it around. I'll see well, you next you year. Know, think of it this well, way: well, now you saw him at the same show uh, a year later, but you know damn well that's not the only show he goes to. No, so absolutely not. Because these people that I'd seen hauling, on Facebook, they he's hauling this merchandise around to show after show after yeah. show, and it's not moving. Right. Because my girlfriend has, you know, when it comes to those things, has exactly the right question. Do you want to sell it, or are you enjoying just displaying it for as long as you're in the business? Because if you won't negotiate... What are you trying to do? I mean, you know, because a lot of times if you're haggling, you're not trying to lowball it. It's not like you're trying to get it for dirt cheap. A lot of times you're just trying to get it for a little less than what they're, you know. You're just trying to get it for a reasonable price. Exactly. You you want to get it for less than what you'd have to go to eBay and pay. Um, but some of these dealers, it's like they think they just have, they're sitting on a pot of gold. and It's like they just, you know, they're you not going to part with it, but. And I, I bought I bought a Marvel Select Iron Man figure there uh, a couple years ago, and it it was like the last one that I needed to complete that set of Iron Man figures, and it was reasonably priced. And the gals, I think it was like twenty bucks, and the gals like, you know, I do fifteen. And I'm like, hey, I gave her twenty. I'm like, no, this is enough. Is this a good price? I was willing to pay more. No, I. You're here to make money. I'm here to support you. As well, so no, I won't. You don't have to. I'm not going to lowball you on it. You're asking yeah, a fair exactly. price. Exactly. Um, I'll give you a fair, was, a fair, a fair amount of money for it. But you know, I was disappointed. I mean, you know, because um, you know, uh, she collects archers and uh, you know, uh, elven archers and you know, movie archers, whatever. You know, different scales. She, she likes the six inch stuff, the twelve inch stuff, the smaller stuff. You know, it doesn't. Um, you know, she's a big fan of the elves, you know, and the rangers and things like that. Now, she said sort of look for that kind of stuff, and uh, but I told her there wasn't much of anything. Um, I mean, there was one dealer that did have, you know, some Star Wars stuff, but of course, you know, it's all in the box, and, you know, some of the, you know, there were, there was some Star Trek stuff from the, 
early 80s, I guess, and it was all, you know, it was all in the packages, and I looked, and there was a Sulu figure, um, and uh, it actually looked like a collector's line, you know, maybe from the 90s, um, you know, but it was, you know, retro style something or another. I think it was Sulu, and I looked, and, and it was priced at, like, 60, and then right next to it, it was Spock, and it was priced at, like, 80, and I'm like, what the fuck? I bet they don't sell anything. Um, well, that's because Sulu's still alive and Spock is dead. Um, well, yeah, but there's also Spock and Sulu, you know. So, um, but, um, you know, at the same time, you know, they had a Klingon. I think it was a Klingon, and it was priced the same as Sulu. Oh, um, well. um, but there was, uh, yeah, there was very little toy presence. And I don't know, I guess I was... Not so much disappointed because I wasn't counting on finding anything, but it just sucks because, you know, I would have been, you know, I, w- I would have been up for buying, uh, you know, a few things, but yeah, it, it it was not the convention for that. Um, but you know, it was, it was, you know, it was a decent show. You know, I was just I was happy I got Bill, Billy D. Williams autograph, um, but. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And um, he is, Billy D. Williams is going to be here at that convention in Colorado Springs in August, where Mike Zek um, is going to be. Well, yeah, I'm going to send you a book in the. And if, uh, you so know, Emily, Emily is standing can... right here. So, so um, do you have some give a well, request, sir? Is what I hear. Yeah. Well, I got a I got a Joe book that he drew the cover of, and I was wondering if I uh, if I sent it to you, if you could get me his autograph. Um, because it's funny, because he was here at that little, that smaller convention back in September, um, and his name sort of rang a bell, but it wasn't until afterwards that I realized, oh, he drew that block of like 20 uh, Joe comic covers that I read the shit out of when I was a kid, and it's like the whole time I saw him there, it was bugging me, I'm like, why do I know that name, why do I shit so i missed out on that but uh you think you could maybe i mean if you're if you're already going to get this autograph on something for brian would you mind getting his autograph for me so how much time Um, does that buy me without hearing the name gwen stacy oh i'm not going down that road anymore (laughs) i've told as many of those jokes as i think i can possibly muster well that's Um, probably true yeah that's fine let's send it over i I think that i I think that thing's run its course um potentially and uh and uh yeah there's no uh yeah yeah there's nothing left to joke about that because let's face it we're actually getting decent spider-man movies now and uh not even relevant anymore although it is funny because we were in we were in walmart the other day and uh there was something it wasn't a marvel i mean it wasn't a hasbro line they had some i don't know maybe it was funko or something and my girlfriend and i were looking at it and she looked at it and she looked at me and she's like what the fuck is a gwen pool and i'm like i don't know (laughs) I said, I don't know. It's Wednesday's room's alternate thing, and she's dead. I don't know. I said, you know what? That that crap has passed me by so far that I'm not even going to try to explain it. She's just like, she's just like, boy, I hope that's never in the movies. I'm like, yeah, I think we're safe from that. Um, yeah, just um, let me know if you want it signed, like to you or with anything in particular on there. Um, 
Oh, just the signature. Just the signature works. Although, um, if, uh, if, uh, well, and also if it doesn't cost anything, uh, you know, it's even better, but, uh, no, you know, I paid five bucks for Michael Golden's artwork, but if it's any more than that, hell no. Um, okay. Because, but, Bob Layton didn't even charge me. Yeah, most um, of the artists don't yeah, charge. Yeah, most of the artists don't, it seems like. Or, um, yeah, it's like a buck or two a lot of times. But you know what? I guess it makes sense for Michael Golden because, let's face it, Golden years, wah-wah, but he's probably saving for retirement. He can't be drawing these funny books for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, you know, he's probably, you know, setting up for, you know, later. So I guess it sort of makes sense. But, yeah, Bob Layton, he didn't charge nothing. Um, I'll have to show you that video. And uh, yeah. he didn't charge me for that video either, which, honestly, he should have because... Yeah, that was fan- you know, fantastic. That um, freaking made my day. But, uh, yeah, I know you told me to post it, but, you know, that's sort of... You know, that's your thing to post. It, it's kind of one of those... Uh, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that if you want it out there... Because he did make a joke. He's like, after I shoot this, he said, don't put it on YouTube. Because he said, I don't want the whole world seeing it. And I said, uh, I said, ah, don't worry. If I posted it on YouTube, there'd only be three other people that would see it anyways. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he made me promise not to put it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I won't post it no, then. That's all right. Because um, I did mention, I did mention, well, we have a podcast, but I said, uh, I'll probably talk about this on there. But, eh, no, we're only like ten people will hear that, So, which he thought was funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm going to send these book this week. Um, cause, uh, and cause, I, uh, I, 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 there, there's, there's one, <laughs> one post office here that has that, that mailing kiosk. And that's good because boy, the post office hours suck. Yeah. Um, no kidding. I hate going to the friggin' post office. Um, that, and, you know, I hate waiting in line. Forget that. And I'll have like to go to the post stuff. office to Ugh. get you what I got. To get you what I got, what I brought back from Ukraine for you. No, oh, my uh, my bootleg uh, you, uh, real uh, real Ukrainian hero. Yes. Sweet. Um, um. So did, at, uh, uh, so, you know, there's not a lot of toys available. I'm where I'm at. I'm working technically behind the lines in a, a little town uh, called Luhansk or Lugansk, depending on which side of the conflict you're on. Um, and it's sad that you're that you're dead serious about yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, um, there's these like little news kiosks every once in a while, <laughs> and uh, there's one by the hotel where I was staying at this time, and I noticed they had like uh, bootleg GI Joe and bootleg Star Wars figures, and I stopped and I'm like, oh dude, I've, that's like knockoff GI Joe, and you know knockoff figures are something we we talk about frequently on this show. I'm like, dude, I got to get the, the real, the, and it, it does, it only comes in a little baggie. I mean, it doesn't have any, you know, it's not card back or card art to go with it. You know, like some of the oh, stuff you see, the, see at the dollar store, but you know, I'm like, dude, that's, yeah, I got to get the, the Ukrainian version of GI Joe for JD. I'm going to hang that shit on the wall. Um, like yeah. that's just, that's going to be a prized possession, that. Um, you got to see this um, shit. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think, uh, uh, I, I, 
I think I'll I'll peg it to the wall and it'll be next to my uh, my my Michael Golden autograph print. <laughs> um, um, it, it'll have that kind of place of honor because uh, because as far as I'm concerned, that's the closest to the Ukraine. Uh, ever having their own line of October Guard figures. So. Yeah, and technically, um, technically, where I was at since I was behind the lines, technically, it's not Ukraine. I mean, I could get shot for saying that this guy's Ukrainian. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He's um, technically uh, a soldier of the people of Lu- uh, the People's Republic of Lugansk. So, um, <laughs> so he's but, a he's a real Lugansk hero. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not awesome. quite as catchy. I mean, oh, that's awesome. Um, although, um, after this conversation, if your security clearance gets revoked, that's not my fault. You know, and it's um, funny that I they had told us, you know, maintain operate, OPSEC, you know, be careful what you send out in your emails and your texts, you know, because your, your, your internet's being monitored. And so for the first couple weeks, I'm like, I can't. With, when I'm talking to my wife, I'm like, I can't tell you when I'm going out on patrol. I can't tell you when I'm doing this. I can't tell you where I'm going to be. And then it dawned on me that every night I get our patrol plans emailed to me. It details <laughs> what, 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 patrol, what people are on what patrols at what times, where they're going, and what they're going to be doing. Oh, so I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Tomorrow I'm on first patrol at 6.30 and what I'm going to be hell? at the bridge. So. Oh, my God. Who's in charge of that racket? I don't, um, I don't know. These wow. judges, these, some of um, these things that these guys do, I'm like, they're going to get me killed. So, so apparently their, op, their operational security uh, thing is, is a relative term. Yeah, um, I, I don't. Yeah, so they're like, you know, just just be careful on the internets because your internets, everything is unsecured there. It's monitored. And I'm like, all right, OPSEC, I know that. I was in Afghanistan for two years. I burned all my mail. We, you know, we burned all the the boxes that that people mailed stuff to us so they didn't get our return addresses. All that stuff, you know, we, and I'm like, I I can do OPSEC. I know, I know what that is. I'm used to doing it. And then it dawned on me, I'm like, you know what, I'm getting my patrol plans mailed to me, emailed to me every single night. For And it's just, it's not just my patrol, it's like everything in the region. That's so terrible. So oh I mean, my it's, God, like, that's it's like 15 ridiculous. different patrols that they're, that you know, it's getting emailed to me. I'm like, all right, you know what, fuck you guys. I'm telling my, oh my wife God, that I'm on second insane. patrol tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's like, that's like, uh, meanwhile, they're like, mm, everything's monitored. Ah, dread. You might see the action figures I'm looking at on Facebook. Crap. Um, right. Um, exactly. Because that's you know it, that's my Facebook feed is is you know remote medicine and action figures and comic books and that's you know um, that's the, it, what constitutes yeah, my I was gonna Facebook say, cause, feed. Yeah, you know at, at work you know they 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 uh, they supposedly monitor our email to or you know our our online activity too and I'm like. Man, they're gonna see how many times I go to YoJo and these Star Wars news sites every day. Oh my god! <laughs> right. Um, um, what will they do? They'll see that I'm on Reddit talking about Star Wars leaks for the Last Jedi. Oh crap! Um, you know, it's just you know. Meanwhile, there's there's people 
uh, in the desk across from me that are streaming Spotify and shit, and they've deliberately said no streaming whatsoever. Yep, they got Spotify up on the computer listening to music all day. I'm like, uh-huh. yep, yeah. I don't think they're going to be worried about my uh, how much I surf Yojo and the TF Wiki. Um, so, um, that's funny. Yeah, no, I thought but, that uh, was, I thought that was hilarious. That you know, wow. I for you know the first couple of weeks I'm like tell my wife I'm like I can't tell you where I'm going to be I can't tell you what I'm doing I'll let you know when I'm back and then I then it dawned on me I'm like I'm getting my pro plans <laughs> mailed to me on an insecure line every single night I'm like fuck that um, so I was like you know what screw it I'm on first patrol at six thirty tomorrow them, I'll be back them, by two them emailing the patrol schedule and locations and all that that is one step from those email forwards that people used to send over AOL with the funny jokes. Right. Um, yeah, that absolutely. Is Next thing you know, goofy. I'm going to, the, there's going to be a prince in Nigeria that's got a lot of money for me, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the patrol plans are very detailed. They, they list who's going to be on there. They list what vehicle we're taking. They list what oh our goals, God. what the mission is for that patrol. They list where we're going to be, when we're going to be there. I'm like, you know wow, what? and and this all over unsecured email yeah, lines. Yeah, okay, none thanks, of guys. the none of the email connections are are secured over there. So none wow. of the internet is secured over there. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm letting my that wife is, know where I am tomorrow because because um, you know, the whole um, the whole rest of the country knows. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of like, hey, honey, here I am. Go find that. Uh, uh, you know, go pull out the globe and find it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, see, see my work site on Google Maps. Um, you know, shit. Yep, I, that's what I did. I'm <laughs> like, you know, a couple weeks ago when you uh, when you first arrived out there and your status showed where you were at. Yeah, I looked you up Google Earth, and I was like, "Damn, this guy's like like walking distance from the actual Russian border." Man. Yeah, we're about. Uh, I think I think we're sixty clicks uh, east of. West of Russia, you know, and apparently that's, that's our. Um, if if things go south over there, that's our uh, escape route. We're going to Russia. Apparently, we have an a, agreement with the Russians that they'll let us in, and uh, we'll go home from there. You know what's funny about that? Now, I saw your post from from over there and stuff, but you know, I didn't actually take notice that that it had your location listed. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, it didn't at first. The first couple, it didn't, and because I turned all that stuff off for OPSEC, and it's like, you know what? After I figured out my patrol plans were being emailed to me, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. They can find when I when I post pictures of trash panda cereal on Facebook, they, people can see that I, I'm in Lugansk doing uh, it. Oh yeah! By the way, when you posted that, I swear to God, I thought that bag was dog treats. I thought you were <laughs> posting pictures of a bag of dog treats that you were going to be bringing home. Uh, to your children, because I swear to God, the last thing that, you know, because the no. cartoon character on there and everything, and the food itself, I'm like, oh, cute, foreign dog treats, cereal, really? Yeah, no, no, that was breakfast for two days, so. <laughs> that's horrid. Um, dude, that looked like the worst bootleg cereal ever. It you know how here, we've tasty. got, like, malto meal and shit? Yeah, that looked like bootleg malto meal, um. The worst thing um, that I've had over there is I found some cotton candy, and I fucking love cotton candy. It's like my favorite candy ever. It was 
horrible. It tasted like corn. It was just, Ew. and it was three different. Fl- there was three different flavors, so I got three different tubs of it, and it all tastes the same. Um, hey, fuckers! Horrid. This is cotton candy. You're supposed to have sugar in it. I think um, they. I think it. I think they used corn syrup for it, and that's why it tasted like corn so much. Um, but it was um, horrible. So there were three flavors. They all tasted the same. <laughs> and I ate it all. I don't know why. Mm, mm, carrot flavored cotton candy. Yeah, it Ew. was. Yeah, it Fucking was nasty. Gross. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, um, Worse hey, health, this one's man. supposed to taste. This this one's supposed to taste like blueberry. Nope, tastes like cabbage. Yeah. Ew. No, it, it, it was um, it was pretty bad. But uh, yeah, dude, I fucking thought those were dog treats. Um, <laughs> no, that was breakfast. <laughs> that's, that's all. It probably tasted like dog treats, though. It wasn't very. This the, it wasn't. No, it was not very good. There's a knockoff of. Uh, it was no Captain Crunch. That's no. for sure. There's a knockoff um, of uh, Cocoa Pebbles that, or not Cocoa Pebbles, but uh, Cocoa Puffs that they have by the same same company. And that one's not too bad. That one's edible. <laughs> I'm going to get that mm. one next time. It's cardboard flavored like cocoa beans. Yeah, mm. pretty much. Um, dude, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so, hey, you did get to go shopping over there. Yeah. yeah it's good. <laughs> yeah, actually I did. I got a uh, – so the, the, the Cossacks, like the Russian Cossacks, have a unit there. And I got one of their unit patches. So, oh wow! Because um, I, I found out where they're selling the uniforms for these guys, and I went in and I'm like, I'll take one of those. Oh my god! Please go in there and 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 have them custom make a name tag for you that says Brekov, because that would just be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I I have a, a medic. I have a, a tag that I uh, wear on my body armor that's in Russian that says medic. Um, please tell me it's a red star. No, it's um, a red cross. Sorry. All right. Um, it's not vaguely shaped like a star then? No, okay. no. No, there's not. High pointed cross? No, okay. there's not going to be any mistake in me for the medic for the um, October Guard. Um, damn. Um, but there's a custom you should make. Design a medic for the October Guard. That's not a bad idea. There you go. See that gauntlet? I threw it. Now, run with it. Um, man, yeah, because um, I like the camo yeah. patterns that they're using. They're um, pretty cool camo patterns. Although, they're using this uh, dark, honestly, dark green camo. Um, dude, that would be odd. I've never thought what would an October Guard medic look like before, but hey, there you go. Um, what would it name? Question. We'll have to. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, Emily told me about how they use the formal names, so it's, uh, what is it? First name and then patronymic. So it's uh, the last, the, the second word is like. Uh, it's basically their father's first name with an ending on it. Yeah, it's their father's first name with a specific ending on it. Um. Well, his code name should be whatever that, that dog food cereal was. Um, <laughs> nobody nobody will get the joke except for us. So. Uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll have to look at that. I'll have Emily look at the package and tell me what it says. All right, so, but please tell me that when you got off the plane in Colorado and Emily met you, 
please tell me the first thing you said was, I want an American cheeseburger. <laughs> no. Um, God the, damn it. I used to disappointed. Do, no, well, hey, 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 hang on. I used to do that all the time when I was with ISOS. Oh, okay. I can um, get an American cheeseburger in Lugansk, so that's not a well, problem. Remember, well, and then there was that time I told you to make custom card art for the American yes. cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't do. I didn't do it this time, but I have in the past. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, but that weird cereal. Don't you have to wonder what the television commercial for that cereal would be like? Oh, dude, um, the television commercials in Russia are fucking off the wall, man. They're just like because when I come down to the restaurant, and the hotel for breakfast every morning, they usually have it on a Russian channel. And then, you know, they'll, they'll see me and then they'll put it on, like, BBC. And I'm like, no, no, leave it there. I want to watch the, watch the fucking Russian. Um, and the, okay. the commercials please, are so misogynistic. Like car commercials and shit. Oh, the, the commercials are so misogynistic that it's, it's just, like, they're, like, straight out of the 70s. That's funny. That oh, is funny yeah. as hell. Um, I'm like, when oh, did I get is... back to 1977, man? Because, I mean, they're, they're like, you know, geared towards the woman needs to be at home cleaning and cooking. And I'm like, dude, really? Man, um, it's the 21st fucking wow. century. Wow. That's not, that's, that's not, that's not right. No, um, it's not. And it's, that's what um, I'm saying. The, they're just, like, so misogynistic that it's like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? It's like, oh, um, man. Uh, oh, oh, so... Uh, so basically, you were watching the Russian version of Donna Reed, except that yes. it was shot last year. Yeah. Um, wow, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's what the <laughs> that's what the commercials are. I haven't watched any like television television to see what the programmings are like, what the you know programs are like there because I'm you know out most of the day. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, have to you do know, that next time. they probably just run a lot of uh, Saved by the Bell and Growing Pains dubbed in Russian. Yeah, um, no idea. Um, or, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, their, their, their newest television program, uh, is, is, uh, is, uh, you know, probably, you know, something that originally aired here in like 1999. Um, although they, I've um, seen trailers for like the superhero movie that they're making and it looks fantastic. Um, oh God. Have you uh, seen that trailer? I can, uh. One guy turns into a bear? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that trailer, but I've seen some pictures of it. Oh, uh, the trailer um, looks phenomenal. Um, who, uh, who, who's the, who's the Russian version of Captain America? They made a figure of him in the Legends line. Um. Uh, Red Guardian. Yes. Uh, uh, please tell me that the superhero vaguely resembles Red Guardian. No, because no, Oh, I think I think so they still have to worry about copyright violations, but oh, but that's funny. That yeah, of course, the Russian superhero turns into a bear because of course it does. Yeah, of course it um, does. Well, at least um, it doesn't turn into Putin or something, you know. But <laughs> I was gonna say they're not exactly breaking the stereotypes there. No. I mean, my God, in the early '80s, Gung Ho was yelling at at a at, at, at a horror show that he was a big dumb Russian bear. So you know, there you go. Um, I hate to say those those stereotypes, man. Sometimes they're true for a reason. You cannot. Exactly. You cannot. It was funny because a couple months ago, I was watching one of those October Guard Sunbow episodes, and 
man, they just kept calling out that they were Russian. I'm like, wow, they just, you know, they can't just be people. No, they have to be Russian people, apparently. You cannot um, go into any any kind of store and not have the ability to buy alcohol. I mean, alcohol is so readily available there. It's it's like, man, so this is where the stereotype of, you know, Russian drinking comes from. I mean, it's in um, the grocery stores. It's in, it's everywhere. You cannot. Oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, look, even. is. Well, God, even in the last Star Trek movie, there's a joke that McCoy and uh, Kirk find a bottle of uh, bourbon in uh, Chekhov's uh, locker or something. And and even McCoy made the joke that, oh, wow, I thought it'd be vodka. Um, um, that's, that's fucking funny. Yeah. Um, that's, just, that's funny. What were your living situations? Cause I remember you lived in that wood shack in Afghanistan. What what was what was that like? That um, sucked. Yeah, but like uh, a prefab trailer or something. Yeah, that no, had, it was just a, the it was just a, in the corner. No, not even that. It was a plywood shack that I shared with eight other guys. That was it. <laughs> I slept in a sleeping bag during the winter so it wouldn't freeze to death at night. But, oh, that's uh, funny. In, in, um, uh, but where I was staying, the the living conditions are pretty decent. That's kind of what's sad about this is it's it's a very stalled out conflict. So the there's people aren't really suffering too badly. So I mean, it's, oh. it's not people aren't suffering enough to get international attention to make this pro this this conflict stop and go away. So oh, was, oh so basically, this fighting's been going on for so long that that it's just sort of a habit now. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, gee, that's it, sad. It really is. I mean, it's it really is to see this. I mean, it's been going on since 2014, so. Jesus. Yeah. Um, that's, dude, that's crazy. And, and it's it, all it, over just some stupid shit, probably. Yeah, and it's not going to go. It's not going to stop anytime soon. I mean, it's, they're in, they put themselves in such a position. The the position the, where I'm staying, these, these guys, they want to form their own country, but they don't have, they can't support themselves. And Ukraine's um, fighting to take them back over, but they don't really want them. And they're getting support from the Russians, but the Russians don't want to come in and make it part of Russia either. So nobody wants these people, and they can't support themselves, even if they could become their own country. So it's these guys have really God, put that them. Sucks. Yeah, they've really put themselves in a bad position. Unfortunately, that's terrible. Yeah, like that's just sad. Like so, even if they lost, you know, Ukraine doesn't want them back. And Russia won't take him either to 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 as part of their own country. So they're like that is terrible. Yeah, and there's the <laughs> amount of landmines that are in this country. They will never get all of those landmines cleaned up. You know, it's just sad because you They'll know, be, no the, matter how, because you know, you boil it down to whatever problems we have here compared to other parts of the world, really. They don't qualify as more than minor annoyances. Yeah, um, no. those lands, I mean, those landmines will be killing kids for a, a hundred years from now. That's just sad. Um, so I mean, it's truly relics of the Cold War. I mean, it's, it's the Cold War, it, Cold War all over again because there's no, you know, there, there's some shooting every night, but and somebody gets killed maybe once a week at once a cup every couple days. But it's it's you know one person there, a couple civilians here. It's 
it's it's exactly but, like the cold cold war. And, the- and and so basically these you know, it's the same shit that was going on thirty years ago and it's not gonna change. No. Yeah, it's exactly that. It is sad. Yeah. But anyways, I think we've depressed the audience. All sixteen of you, I know you're all crying right now. Um, so I think we can put this episode to bed. Yeah, we're at um, uh, two hours and 25 minutes, so I think that's a probably hey, a good place. Um, but, uh, well. One uh, thing I'd like to mention. Yeah, uh, go for it. Uh, Saturday a week ago, um, Rodney, Rodney and I went to a, a local toy shop here in Houston called the Super Happy Incredible Toys. Nice. They had a... Uh, had a, a, a G.I. Joe event where they basically had a, a shit ton of uh, used stuff in bins for real cheap. Um, they had a custom contest where me and, like, three other guys, including Rodney, uh, entered. Um, I came in second place with my uh, crocodile guy. Nice. Um, so I got, like, a, uh, they wanted us to donate the figures to the store, and I'm like, nah, I can't do that, man. I can't, I, I, I'm just too attached to my baby. So I got to take all these fucking home. So they only gave me like $25 store credit for, for the winning. Um, and uh, that was enough to knock what I got down to 60 I came home with uh, a Cobra Hurricane. Oh, uh, nice. A Cobra Paralyzer. Um, oh, fuck. I've already forgotten all the stuff, man. I came home with like 10 figures. Uh, like, oh shit! Like a whole bunch of shit fodder. I uh, came home with a with a Mister Sinister and like two Colossuses for for these customs that I'm doing. Uh, now that I have access to a 3D printer, I've like gotten huge amounts of inspiration. Doing, I'm going to do the whole Micronauts thing. Uh, cars is going to be built off the off the Sinister figure, and it's going to be badass when I'm done. It. That's uh, cool. Uh, you know what? Uh, post pictures of the custom that you got the second place for. I'd like to see it. Um, he's in my thing. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, share it to I, the group. I, to the what? Share it to the general geekery group. Yeah, I was okay. going to say, I'm lazy. I don't want to have to go looking for it. Okay, I can um, do that. Instant uh, gratification, you know? Right. Um, uh, information age. Man, I got a, I got a whole fuck ton of stuff. I just can't remember it all. It's been more than a couple days. Uh, well, the fact anyway, that you were able to get a shout out, guys. Uh, seriously, all this, all this stuff that I, I was picking up, it was like amazingly cheap, man. Yeah, I was gonna I, say. I think I, I spent my sixty stuff. bucks on my hurricane, and that was Jesus, ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah, it was. It was amazing the, the amount of shit I got. I'm definitely gonna go back, even though they're like halfway across town. But anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to Super Happy Incredible Toys in Houston, Texas. Uh, thanks for a great time, and I'll be back. Awesome. Yeah. I wish there were more places like that. I mean, I know those things got to be hell on earth to keep sustained, especially with the advent of the internet and eBay. But man, I I really miss going to someplace local and just looking for toys. Yeah, I really wish there were local uh, toy shops and vintage toy shops here. There's nothing. There's nothing. Here, I mean, like Rodney, Rodney picked up a, a, a. It was complete for everything except uh, the helmet. He he took home a hammerhead for forty bucks. Oh man! 
Yeah. It had every... Oh, well, no, it was missing Decimator's helmet, and it was missing the two spring-loaded missiles on the on the two sides. Huh? And those are things and that you can get off of eBay had every, for dirt you know, cheap. Yeah, it was 40 bucks. I was like, dude, if I didn't already have, like, two hammerheads, I'd take Yeah, that's... That's one that I, I bought for a custom because I had all this cool idea of what I wanted to do, and then I got it in hand. I'm like, man, I can't tear this thing apart. Yeah, it's too cool. Yeah, so I still have my hammerhead. It, I think it's it doesn't have the decimator, but I think otherwise it's complete. It might you be missing. Might be missing a rocket or something like that. I don't remember, but yeah, I love that thing. Yeah, you got to get a decimator, and then you got to make a uh, a new modern. That guy's cool. Yeah, I'll have to do that. That's one of the... I've kind of been on that kick recently of finding some of the obscure characters that I liked as a kid and re-envisioning them, like the Flak Viper and the uh, Sneak Peek that I've done recently. I like the Decimator so much that I made him... He's basically the Admiral of Cobra, maybe. I don't, I don't go for that horseshit Copperhead is. Copperhead's obviously a you know a low-level kind of guy. He's a merc, you know? He's not a he's not a officer. Really. So is the decimator. is the decimator when he the original figure is he a, an army builder or is he a, a unique person? Uh, they, they, it, write, they write the card either way. You can take it. I was to say it, it was kind of ambiguous. A lot like vapor. Uh, a lot like um, um, uh, there have been a couple over the years where it yeah, was just sort of. Yeah, I always saw Decimator and Vapor as individual characters, but that was mostly because with those names, um, they seemed to be so specific that they would be assigned to uh, a single guy uh, versus, uh, you know, a, a troop. You know, not yeah. not because it was missing Viper Decimator. in the name, just because uh, you just you can't see a squadron of pilots being named Vapor. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I always saw both of them as individual characters. And see, I've, I kind of um, like that where they've, where some of the, where those guys have been army builders, but they've taken the concept and it's like, okay, yeah, this guy used to be the pilot for this vehicle and that was, you know, where they've taken an army builder and turned it into a unique person. I like that idea. So, I, if if it's if Decimator was a uh, army builder originally, the fact that you have him now as a, a a unique person, I I dig that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, they they uh, the way the way Larry Hummer wrote the file card, uh, he basically he seemed to be saying, you know, uh, you know, use your imagination, you know, use them however you want to, because it definitely. Yeah, it definitely didn't, <clears throat> you know, it's not like, uh, like the Star Vipers were definitely a troop class, <clears throat> but but in the comic book, the Star Viper just seemed to be the one guy. Right. Um, yeah, uh, that's sort of how, um, that's sort of how Decimator's file card is written. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, and that's, I think that's a really good example of that. It's like. You know, the Star Viper was a troop class in the toy line, but in the comic book, it was one unique person. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, both, both those, 
both those 1990 Cobras are handled the same way. So, <clears throat> but see, you know, I like a lot of the variety <clears throat> on the Cobra side. So I, that's why I always saw them as individuals. Um, but, um, you know, a case could be made for them as troopers. But like I said, the code names just seemed, uh, to fit specific characters. And I mean, that's, you know, that's what I've done with my range viper. You know, I've turned them into the range viper omegas. So each range viper that I make is a unique person. You know, it's the last man standing from their graduating class. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the only one that survived. Yeah. Because he's too fucking badass to be killed. So, yeah, that's uh, two hours and 35 minutes, so I think we'll call it an episode there. Thank you for turning to listening to General Geekery. Um, you know, last time I started working overseas, it, we definitely kind of fell off, so hopefully we can kind of keep it limping along. I was say, we'll get a couple more episodes in before you leave, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, uh, all well, right. The movie's coming out, right? What's that? The Mummy's coming out. We all got to go see that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was wondering. Uh, I was going to ask if you guys, if you, either of you guys, had seen that yet. Don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, I'm going to uh, wait for that to be on Netflix. Uh, I think. Not yeah. interested. Um, and I don't care about the reboot aspect. I just watched the trailer, and I'm just like, I, I can't help but feel like. They're not going to actually do anything interesting with this one. And I saw something uh, on Facebook a couple days ago that said that it technically it's not a reboot, that it's a sequel. Uh, so, I don't know. What? I saw an article what? on Facebook. I didn't read the article. I just saw an article on Facebook that said the new Mummy movie is technically a sequel. It's not a reboot. Uh, so, like... Don't know. To what, the original Boris Karloff or the, the no, Brendan to Fraser Bre- movie? to the Brendan Fraser Well, because the Brendan Fraser thing was very much just a, a reboot of the original. So, are they, like... Don't know. They, like, I didn't make reference article, I just... to Tom Cruise's character being, like, uh, Rick O'Connell's, like, great-grandson or something? No idea. That's just odd. Yeah, to me, it just looks like a straight-up reboot. Yeah, no, apparently it's not. Uh, Apparently it's a sequel. I didn't read the article, so I can't speak to it. Just something I saw. Well, that's just weird, because, like, I know that Imhotep is not actually referenced in the movie, so how is it? Okay, whatever. Don't, Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I watched the trailer, and I'm just like, wow, this this should be exciting, but it's not. Um, nah, it just looks uh, kind of CGI-ish, yeah. so, I don't know. Good night, y'all. Alright. Good night. Good night. Um, yeah. And I can't turn Audacity off. <laughs> um, my... My keyboard is, my, my mouse pad is locked up and I can't hit the stop button to re- stop the recording. 
So you're going to have to cut off the last few minutes of this here when I finally get my mouse turned on and can turn off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what, dude? If we didn't have technical problems, <clears throat> I'd feel like we weren't on the same show. Yeah, um, like we weren't even trying. Yeah, like, wow. Dude, I think the app's <laughs> awesome. locked up. Fuck, um, hang on. Oh, no, I'm just pushing the wrong button. 